Hello, friends, and welcome to the first annual Boy Howdy Video Game Awards podcast. Woo! Our awards I'm, this year are uh-huh. all given to um, Geometry Wars Three <laughs> Dimensions, which Bill is literally downloading as we talk. Uh-huh. But it sounds like a good idea, so we'll preemptively say. The, let's put it this way: Geometry Wars Three gets the game for most anticipated game. Bill will be playing in thirty seconds. <laughs> um, hey, friends! Yeah. This is the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. I'm back. Yeah, Bill has returned from his various sundry, sundry adventures. We are away from Conley and Jimmy and Foley, and now you're back to just us two you guys, again. You guys had the best fucking episode last week. I yeah. was really knocked out. I, it was a fun episode to listen to last week. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, certainly. Yeah. In recording with Jimmy and Conley last yeah. week. It was a good time. I think you should try this. Oh, Foley has made amazing oatmeal, apparently. Hold so, on. This is going to be like Cinnamon Crunch Oatmeal now? Yeah, here we go. Here's another of everyone's favorite <clears> segment <throat> of Boy Hattie Podcast where we eat something on air. Fully describe your oatmeal while I... No, no, no. I want you to taste it first. Exciting oh, radio. This is great. No one, no matter... Uh, no wonder a cereal's yeah. kicking our ass. That's good. What did you do? Um, instead of using water, uh-huh. I used half milk and half eggnog. Oh, that'll do it. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Foley, Foley makes her own oatmeal, and she does some good-ass shit. You know, so you guys like eggnog? I hate eggnog, actually. I hate eggnog, too. You know what? Whenever I taste eggnog, all I can think of is, like, how much better would it be if I was just drinking vanilla cake batter right now? Yeah. That should replace eggnog. Because <laughs> it's trying to be the same thing, like thick, white, goopy, sweet stuff. Yeah. But vanilla cake batter is the shit. This is true. Man, can we start that as our own boy howdy tradition? See, I can't drink eggnog or, for that matter, vanilla cake batter because what? it always reminds me of phlegm. It's oh, all it no. Does to me. Especially this week because you're super sick. Yeah, so sorry, friends. I apologize right now for the, any cacophony of sniffs or coughs oh. or if I start stamping like Kathleen Turner at any point in the podcast. Is that a bad thing? My, I have a cold that is kicking my ass. It's okay to sound like Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, that's it's not bad to sound like Jessica Rabbit. Did, except that whenever you walk, you hear the boing sound effect of her boobs. Well, there's that. that. I that still don't anyway. understand. So when they animated Jessica Rabbit's boobs in that cartoon, for some reason they made her so her boobs bounce the opposite way they should because they wanted to create this unreal uh, like visual effect, which doesn't make any sense to me. So her boobs look like they're made of helium and not like real. Bo- I don't know. Bill, it's almost like she's not meant to be an actually sexualized person, that she's in fact a caricature. It seems weird in any case to have, okay, we have this vaguely humanoid character, and we're going to just arbitrarily just defy one of the basic laws of anatomy, just for the sake of just, we're just going to make this look weird. For humor? You're right. Why ever would a cartoon animator choose (laughs) to to play with our expectations for the sake of humor? And it does, like, what's not even funny, though? It just looks odd. It looks like they fucked up drawing her boobs. Exactly. It's meant to, she is meant to be othered and alien, so that you shouldn't be a little comfortable masturbating her. That's what it's all about. Mm, Well, I didn't keep anyone from uh, masturbating from her. That's the funny thing. They just went ahead (laughs) anyway. They're just masturbating to really weird anti-boobs. Instead, there's someone with a fetish of anti-boobs. 
anti-gravity titties. Yeah, I know, so. exactly. When you take a step, for some reason, they, bat, they shoot up towards your face rather than going uh, down, but yeah. Oh my god, it's bad enough going up and down the stairs we have large tits. I yeah, can only imagine. Exactly, yeah. Dylan yesterday was talking about how it would be great if women just had uh, the ability to swap out tits for the situation, like, so you could have the big tits when you go out and... When, you know, like on a date or something like that, but then you can have the small tits or when you're, you know, going upstairs or running or something like that, so. Man, I would gladly just decommission my tits. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Would you want smaller tits or just no tits? Man, no tits would be nice. Honestly, <laughs> in a perfect world, I would want detachable tits. Yeah, well, when would you, when would you put them back on? Well, you know, for yeah, for events. You yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but then you could just like put them in it, like in the, your dresser drawer when you're done. You go to bed, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's bad enough being. I'm a, I'm a big fat lady. All I got are my titties. I gotta keep on what I got, I got going on. Yeah, you do if, have nice boobs. At least that's that, it that's just the be nice one thing. giant, just like a flat as a board, and then just a big old goddamn gut. <laughs> that's all I got going <laughs> oh, on. Oh man, yeah. You just look like the letter, uh, like uh, a lowercase b. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, everybody, that is right. As we mentioned, this week was an interesting week for video games in that the PlayStation experience is even now still going on in Las Vegas. Yeah. And Friday night was the first of uh, Jeff Keighley's video game awards. His, like, internet video game awards. trying to, Kind yeah. of like being, trying to be the same thing it used to be, but now it's just without corporate uh, sponsorship or being need, needing to be on cable. Now it can I, be free to be a little bit goonier. Well, to be honest with you, it can be free to be a little less goony, I would argue. At no point did they have Felicity Day doing, um, or Felicia Day doing, uh, uh, Fruit Ninja skits, or... Oh, that's right, that happened last year, I totally forgot about it, it was fucking terrible. Nor were there any segments sponsored by Mountain Dew and Doritos. Although, so. I, I, the, the flip side, the bad side is it that they don't have, like, professional people running the show in terms of, like, broadcasting it, so you had lots of, like, missed cues and sound being fucked up and yeah. lots of dead air and like yeah so it was, it was kind of charming in that it was both very high rent and low rent at the same time yeah it was kind of the bart simpson's clubhouse version of yeah. the spike vgas but it was i mean it was you know the jeff Keeley keeps trying and they had some cool stuff uh it seems everyone agrees the highlight of the show last night was when they had roberta williams and her husband show up uh they i guess this is the first year they've, they've put out like an icon award you know, they give an award to some kind of industry professional, you know, who's, you know, groundbreaking from back in the day. And so, yeah, they, they chose the couple who made the King's Quest games for PC. And uh, and, and all, that also doubled as an announcement for that they're going to bring back King's Quest next year. Yeah. And... Well, it was more to the point, it was a chance, they'd already announced it, it was a chance to show the trailer. Oh, is that what it was? Well, okay. First, well, it was very cool, because then, like, they brought out the guy who's working on the new game. I guess it, uh, it's not really involving Roberta Williams and her husband, who whose name I can never remember, because everyone always Ken. talks about Roberta Williams. Roberta and Ken Williams. Um, and Link's so he comes up to the stage, and they have the adventurer's hat that they bequeath to him. They, they have a little ceremony where she puts it on his head, kind of like passing the torch kind of thing. It was very cute, you know. I thought it was also hilarious that he immediately took it off. Oh, yeah. And then the lady dev who came up with him put it on. It was nice to see Roberta Williams on stage because she was one of the only women we saw on stage all night. It's funny that this happened just because earlier this week I saw that uh, Frank Cifaldi, noted video game historian, on Twitter, he found that he found an old Sierra porno game that they made. I don't think it's explicitly pornographic, but it's like this hot tub trivia game. And the cover art is, it's kind of semi-topless Roberta Williams, her husband, and some other people. 
you know, kind of like early 80s, kind of like late, although it kind of looks like late 70s, kind of like wannabe, kind of like softcore porn. And, I mean, that's the box cover art. And, like, he was posting all these scans from, ah, it just looked fucking crazy. But, yeah, he was like, oh, my God, it's a game where Roberto Williams is, like, almost hopless on the cover for. It's just the weirdest, like, no, like, I guess, like, they made this game and they realized uh, too late that they, they shouldn't be making that game. So, they, I guess they tried to bury it so it's hard to find copies of this game, whatever the hell it is. And so he was just posting scans of it to the internet and just, like, it was just very silly. And so it's funny, like, three days later to see Roberto Williams getting, you know, a crazy award on the Internet Awards or whatever the hell that was last night. Yeah. So like I was saying, the, the, the yeah, there, she, Roberta Williams was like one of the only women yeah. on stage the whole night. You saw, there was one lady who came up with the, who I presume was some sort of live streamer who came up with the other live streamer dude, and... That was it. Oh, no, there was a lady de- dev with the, the, the odd gentleman, though she didn't say anything. I think that was it the whole night. There were three ladies on stage for the PlayStation Experience uh, keynote speech, so there's that. Wait, what were they there for? They were all devs. They were all lady devs. Okay. Or, uh, one um, was a publisher. She was uh, with Sony, I think, as part of their... I can't remember what part. It was a good weekend for video game news, though. I mean, it was still yeah. cool. We got trailers. We got to see... Uh, I mean, with this this is going to take up half of the Geek Week news and review. Not that we have to worry about it. You know, God forbid we we spoil some of the Geek Week news and review. But you know, I got to see new. You got to see Troy Baker as Nathan Drake's brother. That was really good. We can we can we can get into that a little bit later. I have to yeah. say, I did really enjoy both the PlayStation keynote and the the Game Awards. They were both I, fun to watch. Yeah, I liked that they were both um, by just straight up by people in the industry for people in the industry without a mediator of uh, a television show or any other. I mean, obviously, let me put it this way: if I have to watch commercials during an award show, I'd rather they be commercials for more games. So yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. I really yeah. had a good time with it. I had a great time with there it. Was no, as much as I could. But yeah. I was laying on my sofa trying not to hork up all the loogies in the world. So, <laughs> And it was also, uh, there was no award presented by Mountain Dew, which that's always a nice thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny how much you can kind of like uh, pat the video game awards on the back for more for what it wasn't than what it was. But yeah, yeah it's still pretty yeah. cool. It, you know, if the if the worst thing you can really say about the first year of a new enterprise is that it lacks polish, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It had so, its heart in the right place. And then, so Bill, yeah, what, why, why, why? I was gonna say, other than video game garbage that we'll discuss more in depth later, tell me about Teen Titans Go. Man, Teen Titans Go. So I watched a lot of cable this week, and. Have you ever seen the original Teen Titans cartoon that people freak out about? I really loved it. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of confused because I flipped through the channels and I found this. It's Teen Titans Go, which I guess they stopped the original Teen Titans cartoon that yeah. everyone loves so much. And then they brought back, brought it back as the same. I, I think it's even the same voice cast and everything, but like cuter, more chibi-looking character designs and kind of like simpler, more cuter storylines. It seems like what happened is they tried to t- turn the Teen Titans cartoon into more of like a My Little Ponyfication of the Teen Titans thing, mm-hmm. uh, with you know, like kind of more like friendship is awesome that kind of stuff. Uh, so, but I just got to see that cartoon. It was actually pretty goddamn cute. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so, the original Teen Titans, was it the same lineup where you had, like, Beast Boy and Robin Uh and Raven Uh and Uh Princess Chick and Black Cyborg Dude? Yeah. Okay. Uh It seemed pretty cute. I don't know why I 
bring it up now, but the the, the other big thing is that I don't know if Dan, if, if this guy worked on the original version of the cartoon too, but this Teen Titans Go uh, was the the art designer on it is this guy named Dan Hip who I follow on Flickr and Tumblr, and he's this really cool kind of pop artist. I, I mostly know his work through... He does a lot of pop culture map-up, uh, pop culture mashup, uh, like Prince and stuff. He'll do, like, you know, Toy Story meets Mad Max and stuff like that. Really weird little, like, little drawings and stuff like that. But yeah, he has very distinctive, super colorful, poppy, happy kind of style, and he does the art design for uh, Teen Titans Go, which is funny, because I was watching the cartoon, and I'm like, this kind of looks like this dude I follow on Tumblr. <laughs> and then, like, I noticed, like, characters, like... When they exclaim stuff, they'll talk in these, like, twisty word balloons. I was like, that's totally like that, guys. And, like, the color stuff. And I realized, like, yeah, of course, the second name at the, in the end of the credits is, is Dan Hip's name. But I just, I don't know. I'm n I've never really m watched much in the way of, like, DC comic cartoons or anything like that. So it was kind of funny just to uh, just stumble across this cartoon based off another cartoon I know people do love. And just yeah. kind of watched a whole bunch of it, and I don't know, it was kind of cute. Yeah, so. I kind of missed all of the DC cartoons myself. I'm, like, the only person of my generation who was not weaned on Batman, the animated series. Really? But, um, you didn't watch yeah. it that much? I never watched it at all. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Oh, wow. We need to have, we need to sit down and watch it and, like, educate Nobody... ourselves in front of our audience. I should say, I watched, I did not watch it when I was on the air. I have gone back and watched it. It's one of those things that is not as, um... I, it, I've only seen, like, maybe half a dozen of the Batman's Batman animated series. I saw, there's an episode where Mr. Freeze, he's got a wife, and she's, like, in a snow globe. Got it. There's an episode where Catwoman turns into a cat, which is really fucked up. <laughs> and then, like... Something, something. That's all I remember about the Batman animated series. Yeah. The thing, the reason why Batman the animated series kind of glanced on me is that I really liked the designs and everything and the aesthetic. Oh, no, it was world. a beautiful looking cartoon. Yeah, but the animation was so undynamic, generally speaking, yeah. and allowed was so stylized that it allowed for let very little um, uh, 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 expression. Was my perception yeah. that it kind of glanced on me, and every episode felt like every other episode. To me yeah, everyone just kind of struck stoic poses, but didn't move a lot, or if they ran it was like very kind of generic run cycles and stuff like yeah. that it was a very talky cartoon i think that's a big yeah. thing of it too because i mean batman would punch people and there'd be car chases in like the three episodes i saw but a lot of it was actually people talking to each other and like batman just kind of skulking around looking for clues so he'd yeah. just be like the shape with no feet just kind of skulking around in the dark yeah. and oh yeah it was interesting but it, was, it seemed to be a conscious design decision to do that though oh, so absolutely yeah. no i agree it just didn't appeal to me as much yeah which I is did, fine like, too yeah yeah which is funny because i'm a sucker for deco design and that sort of inspiration stuff but uh having characters that were generally so expressionless and static was harder for me to get attached to so that's me uh casually dismissing something really important to every other 30 year old person in the United States. <laughs> is so that good job. Batman animated series? It's not like a, like the whole thing's not like on DVD or anything, is it? I'm sure it is, yeah. Man, I, I should. Man, I'm gonna look up at the internet dumpsters real quick. I think it's on Netflix and shit, too. So. Uh, I don't know what I've looked for. I don't think I saw it there. So this week I was sick. And I was so just really diseased. Yeah. sitting on my ass and not doing much other than playing Dragon Age Inquisition and um, going through a whole lot of rolls of toilet paper blew on my nose. But uh, the one thing... So Foley has a taste for movies that moms in the 90s would like. That's just like... It's a very specific genre of movie, but that's the kind of movie that Foley really has a soft spot for. Yeah. Um, she, in the last year, has shown me Beaches... 
she has shown me practical magic, and now she has shown me Legends of the Fall. Oh the god, shield. is that is that Brad Pitt fishing? No, that's a river runs through it. This was what's after... Legends of the Fall? Wait, I gotta Legends look this. That sounds familiar. That sounds Legends like such the... a generic like Lifetime made for TV movie title though. Let's see. Look. Uh, Legends of the Fall oddly feels like the same school. As the um, actually the Little Women movie, only in a less interesting way. Oh, uh, it is Brad Pitt though. Okay, so it I was. Oh, it's Julia Ormond who was in movies for like two years. All it she was in all movies up. for two years. It's, there was a ser- there was a period of time where Julia Ormond was in uh, uh, Legends of the Fall. Yeah. A, uh, a virgin of a version of First Night. That's what it was called. Yeah, King First Arthur Night. Movie. I fucking hate that. And Sabrina, and there are these movies where men fought over her. Yeah, for no it's reason amazing. other than she's just really Armand and her agent was really good at what he did for like two years. No, she is beautiful and she is very, there is something very appealing about her, but yeah. I uh, don't know. The she showed up on, of- on Prince, if she ever showed up on, on, on Venture Time, she'd be known as Tooth Princess. Billy, you are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> she got a toothy smile! She has teeth. She's got teeth. you're talking about, Bill. Of all she's the things, Man. of all the things to to zero in on, <laughs> Julia Armand. Maybe, maybe she'd be slightly curly haired princess. I was gonna say, at the very least, Bill. You know what? She also has eyeballs. She's she got you know two what? nostrils. She'd it's be really nut weird. princess because her name almost sounds like Julia Almond. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't. I was trying to figure out her name, but I figured her name couldn't be Armand because one of my favorite characters on Kroll Show is Doctor yeah. Armand, terrible animal plastic surgeon. Yeah, you know <clears> what? Anyway. She could be. She could be Julie Armand because speaking of Brad Pitt in an interview with the Vampire, the world's li- oldest living vampire is named Armand, and he's played by Spy Kids' dad. Spy Kids dad? Yeah, what's his face? Um, Spy Kids it's... dad! Do you ever say watch Spy Kids? No. He's the dad on Spy Kids, Antonio <laughs> Banderas. Oh, of all, again, you're zeroing <laughs> in on Spy Kids dad? That's, I've never seen him. Spy Kids, but I know he just plays the dad. Oh, Bill. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. See, but the thing is, like, if I can't tell you that's... Because my normal go-to thing would... I would call him Interview the Vampire, but I can't say Interview the Vampire <laughs> was played by Interview the Vampire. That doesn't yes, help you. Phil, that is literally what you do all day <laughs> and all night. Why should you stop now? Uh, what but the no, hell were we talking about? Legends of the Fall. Okay, yeah, is, break this down. It's a very interesting movie because... A, it feels very mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, and it's filming, it's pacing, and it's editing. It's not bad. Like Little uh, Women, yeah. B, it's... Uh, well, I think Little Women stands up a lot more than this does. Oh, yeah. B, Did... it feel It's like this... It's I. It reminds me knee-jerk of Little Women just because it's um, uh, a family over a period of history and their interwoven romances and everything like that. And uh, it's Brad Pitt... And, um, Aiden Quinn and, uh, fucking, uh, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry for Legends of the Fall. Two of the, two of the actresses, two of the actors' names are Gordon Tutusis and Christina Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Tutusis! <laughs> oh, he's no, an Indian Pickles. guy. He's a Pickles First Nations actor. 
Oh yeah, my. there's actually, so what happens is Yo. Brad Pitt falls in love with, spoilers for this movie that came out in 1994, Brad Pitt falls in love with Julia Armand, who's first engaged to her, his younger brother, who mm. dies during World War One, and then ultimately marries the older brother, Aiden Quinn, angry and bitter. And uh, so Brad Pitt instead marries the um, the the girl who. This is also why it reminds me of Little Women because it opens with them growing up on this ranch. Oh yeah, and yeah, that's totally, there's, yeah. Uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins was a uh, general in the in the American Army, but he was involved in the Indian Wars, and it left him feeling sick because he really respected the 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 First Peoples. And so he um, he retires and goes ranching, and he has his best friend who um, is actually married to a native lady, and they have a daughter. Uh-huh. And the daughter's all like, I'm going to marry Brad Pitt when I'm older. And then cut to later, and she's beautiful. And you're like, Brad Pitt, forget Julia Armand. You get all up on this situation, because this situation's pretty damn good. So Is that Isabel? Yes, Isabel too is her name. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, what about uh, Barth the Bear as the Bear? Man, Barth the Bear is actually a pretty critical character in this movie. The what annoyed me about this movie is basically the moral of this movie is all the women just need to die yeah. so the men can get along. Okay, that's okay. what this movie is about. Uh, that's that sounds like a historical film. But what is interesting is it goes from oh, the like the mid to late 1800s through the 1930s. Mm-hmm. So like the opportunities for costuming and everything are really cool. Oh, so nice. and also anyway. costuming for Gordon Tutusis and Christina Pickles to get paychecks is also high. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to start talking about Legends of the Fall. Fully showed it to me. It had I can't believe we spent this much time talking about Legends of the Fall. Wait, so what's the fall? Is it Legends of the Autumn or Legends of Someone Fell Down? Which Man, fall? I don't, now that I think about it, I don't even know why it was called Goddamn Legends oh, okay, of the okay, Fall. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know if there was like something like everyone like loves to go pumpkin hunting every like you know every five minutes in the movie or something. I mean, it was kind. Of, you could say it's about the rise and fall of the fortunes of this family. And but. Uh, we're gonna make it so that no one even has to go watch out for it. Like, like, okay, here's the last line of the movie. It was a good death. So now you don't even need to watch the movie. There's a certain kind of movie that's like, a certain kind of story that's, I would qualify it, like, this movie, Cold Mountain, Lawless to a lesser degree. Yeah. And, yeah, and, like, Little Women, where it's like, here's a family through time, from when they were cool to when they were dead. Enjoy. <laughs> Technically, you know what? Also, I could also lump into that because it's almost like it's same. It was made in the same time period and stuff. Uh, fucking Wyatt Earp, because that's about the not just about Wyatt Earp, but the Earp, whole Earp family, the one with Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's kind of similar. It's also yeah. way too long, but kind of pretty, but like mid nineties in a very mid nineties kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With that, you know what? Annie, we need to get buy our own video store and just have like the mid nineties family legacy. <laughs> You know, the section of the store, yeah. Exactly. Everything's kind of filmed in golden light and has Thomas Newman music. And, yeah. Oh, yep. God. Oh, well, bless. women, it's, time to, it's the time of the year to start watching Little Women. I know, it's yes! almost Little Women time. I, uh, uh, on Friday, I assembled a bunch of MP3s of uh, uh, my preferred Christmas music and, and dumped it as, as a zip file onto my website and just, you know, just on Twitter. I was like, hey guys, here's some Christmas music if you want it. Of course, one of the first things I dumped on there was the Little Women theme, because it's good. Christmas as well music. you should. It's good. 
Yeah, little my fa- in my family we would listen to the Little Women soundtrack from uh, Thanksgiving to Christmas. That yeah. was the official holiday soundtrack. In my it's family. good. It's so pretty. It's so, it's nice. so good. Um, but uh, yeah, so one of my friends, uh, one of my newer friends, I don't really know her all that well yet, was talking to my wife fully. So she's more like she hasn't completed the word friends yet. She's she's a friend. She's a friend. You're still hoping so, to land the ends. Yeah. My my new pal. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. My pal, yeah. Uh, fully was talking to her, and so new potential pal said, Oh man, it's Christmas time. Now I can watch my two favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see what people's favorite Christmas movies are. It is are. a litmus test. But this person said, oh, no. My two favorite movie, Christmas movies are desk set and meet me in St. Louis. Oh, Meaning, I'm going to have check. to divorce my wife and marry this other person. <laughs> did you? How badly did you freak out at this person? Uh, I only heard about it from afar afterwards, but uh-huh. I, I immediately texted them and pointed out that we're movie best friends. Is there Christmas content in Meet Me in St. Louis? Yes. Meet Me in St. Louis is about a family that almost moves but does not during Christmas. <laughs> Uh, have yourselves a merry little I, Christmas yeah. is from Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, really? Because all I know about it is Julie Garland chasing after uh, a streetcar, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, the streetcar song is in there, and the boy next door is in there, but there's a part where uh, Judy Garland sings, weeping, sings Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and the context is they think they're going to leave St. Louis, but spoilers, they don't. That's the best movie in the world. Do they realize that St. Louis secretly, or at least will be secretly become a shithole? Yeah. I, Bill, I really can't express in words how much I don't want to discuss those garbage issues. Thank you. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about the racial issues. I was just thinking St. Louis, just like, there's nothing there. It's just like, ugh. I, I went to St. Louis when I was a kid. I remember having a good time. The only thing they got going for they built a half a McDonald's logo. <laughs> well, that is anyway. There's nothing else about St. Louis. Anyway, everyone, please email me and explain to me what the title Legends of the Fall means. Thank you. We should have a contest. We'll send out... (laughs) Bill will finally send out all those uh, 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 issues of the first... of Last Gun. What is it? What's the comic called? The Sixth Gun, Bill. The Sixth Gun. Uh, We'll we'll actually send it out to people if they get this one uh, trivia question correct. Oh, man, Bill, that's what we should do next week. We should do Annie and Bill's recommended gift guide for the holidays. Would that actually be a real gift guide? Like, talk about... When we talk about the stuff that we think other people should get each other, the stuff we want. <laughs> well, both. We I just think. go through our Amazon no, wish list and just kind of like be say, like, oh yeah, that's a good thing. I would say, here are things we recommend to Boy Howdy listeners. That's a good idea. gifts to themselves and others. But we, we only have... We week. only know... We know our four listeners. And so we can come <laughs> out and say, if anyone wants to buy a gift for Maxwell Motley... <laughs> Here's what you get it could for be, We could be the one podcast that has a very personalized Christmas shopping thing <laughs> for our listeners. Whereas, seriously, we, we, we just have, a, on the back of a single envelope, we have all of our listeners' names and what they might like. Exactly. And so, uh, what happens is that our listeners can, like, just happen to leave the podcast, that episode of the podcast on when their exactly. family's around. And I'll say, like, Maxwell Motley would really like uh-huh. Bon Mamar. <laughs> Stuff. Yeah. Bill, tell me about Chopped. So I watched a whole shitload of Chopped. Because Food Network, I didn't realize, because I don't watch cable very often, uh, Food Network just shows nothing but Chopped these days. And they had specifically a Chopped uh, teen tournament where they had, like, you had to be either f- between, like, the ages of 14 and 18. 
And uh-huh. man, that was great. But it was really condescending because have I talked about what the whole idea of chopped is before? Yes, you have discussed chopped at length. Yeah, you, you have a couple chefs, and they each before each meal they give given like a little mystery gift basket with a bunch of mystery ingredients, and they have uh-huh. to they have to use those ingredients in the dish somehow, and not just vaguely, but like the the the, the dish has to like feature those ingredients. You can't just kind of like. Like put like if if you have to like if it needs to be strawberries you can't just put the strawberry on the side of the plate and say oh, I use strawberries right. you have to use it uh, sure. for the teen tournament which is really kind of fucked up all the foods were like Snickers gummy bears <laughs> yes! and like just because you're 15 doesn't mean that like you're just all you do is eat lunchables all day especially if you're trying to be like a real chef but that's yeah. like seriously it was like one of the one of the things was like one of the major and mystery ingredients and one of the things was. Launchables, even which is funny because on the show, they I guess Launchables is trademark, so they had to say packaged children's dairy meats, something. Really? Yeah, and they had to take the labels off and they put on generic labels on top of the Launchables, but you could tell what it was supposed yeah. to be, like yeah. Oreos, like not it wasn't Sandwich food, but cookies. these. But these poor kids had to make like a like an entree, an appetizer, no, and a dessert with, with like the worst, worst fucking with like, like shit food. Yeah, so. like the stuff oh. you'd see on commercials on like while watching uh, Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I felt bad for those kids. I was totally rooting for this super gay girl who was super cute, and she was crying all the time. But she seemed happy. <laughs> Bill, you're really painting a picture of this young she woman. She was the creme. Of chopped, and I was voting for her, him, and but she lost. She came, she came like in second place, and she got beat up. But I was it was fun though. It was it was yeah. It was yeah. It was cute. It's no it's no bake off. Yeah, I you know what I I think I'm uh, one of my things I do next year. I'm gonna do a uh, creme uh, um, art card thing poster maybe kind. Of thing. I would totally bill. Cause make... I thought somebody would have done it already. I haven't actually no. even checked Tumblr. No one's like drawing creme. Fan art. I'm, I'm there's some, there's some, but it's not. There's some, but sometimes they're instantly pounced on. It's like, Meh. yeah, you yeah. know what? This wrong, man. Like, so we we started talking about. Like, I had people over for my birthday last night, and we spent uh-huh. the whole fucking night just talking about Dragon Age. And we started talking about Creme, and I could totally see Conley <laughs> brace herself for Bill talking <laughs> about Creme again. And she's, like, specifically, because I know, like, yeah, because I did not yeah. present myself well in the last podcast where we talked about Creme, where I just had... Well, because when I, we, we, when we were talking about Creme the last time we talked about her on the podcast, I wasn't talking about Creme as much as just uh, uh, J- uh, Jennifer Hale. Feel, I know you say that, you say that, but you just said, when we were talking about, when we were talking about Creme, we were talking about her on the podcast. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Because I'm thinking about Jennifer Hale, not sure. the character she's playing. Sure. And, so it's, and that's part of the criticism, actually. I know, of. exactly. And that's part of me, like, like well, this is what I was talking about, actually, when you were off the air, but I can totally feel myself kind of like being, I feel like an old racist white guy who spent his whole life referring to black people as, like, coloreds or negroes. Now suddenly, like, now I have to refer to them as, you know, like, anything, like, that's something not, and I feel myself like, oh, ow, those negroes. Oh, you know, it's just like, like, I can feel myself being culture behind the times, which is kind of a good thing, because I'm glad to see at least some part of culture is changing so quickly that even me, a relatively young guy, can feel, I'm just saying. But I need to adapt faster. Cause that's not—it's not cool to be think it's funny no, though. Like, no. I can't get these gendered pronouns crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's not a good thing. But I'm just yeah. saying, if you're ever concerned or not sure or worried that you will say something wrong, just use a gender-neutral pronoun. But not it. No. <laughs> 
that's what I'm saying. That I, quote, me being an idiot, yeah. that might be my first distinction is to treat someone they. like they're a fucking they. monster. They, they, yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah, they, yeah. They, them, they're just not, they're not dick. a clown in a Stephen King book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna refer to Cre- uh, Krem as Dragon Age anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, so, yeah. yeah, speaking of Dragon Age, Foley and I beat it this week. Finally. You 100 plus? hours. 100 plus? You, did you beat it like it owed you money? Man, we... I have feelings about Dragon Age, and I feel like they're all very unpopular. Really? I feel that um, all... Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition feels like such a conscious addressing of all the criticisms of Bioware games mm. that I think they kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that, was it... Was it... Somebody on Twitter was talking about how they've never seen a game series have, like, a lack... Be so insecure in its identity as much as the Dragon Age series. I would disagree with that because the game has, uh, I think, saying maybe insecurity in its genre in the way they're always flexing and changing that. Yeah, I think that's more what they were talking. Not, not, not in terms of like you know the characters or the writing style or anything, but like every game seems to be kind of like they're trying to reinvent that series with every game in terms of like the mechanics. Well, I think I'm trying to figure... There, The first game was an attempt to appeal to kind of more an old-school RPG player. Yeah. Like, kind of your Baldur's Gator. But that is only so... Uh, 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 it's not terribly broad. you got to broaden that proposition, yeah. which they tried to do it, too. But then yeah. they alienated all the people. Well, also, they had such a... This is another thing Conley was talking about, how they only had, like, 18 months to make the second game. So that kind of yeah. limited their, their design choices. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I really... Uh, Dragon Age 2 is... Or Dragon, Inquisition, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I, that was the first game, Bioware game, I have ever played where I liked the entire party. And I could not wait to start really? it again. I did. I thought, well, let me put it this way. Not, the entire party was not my best friend, but I was genuinely interested in the evolution of all party members. Why, who I did suppose, you not care about before? Solus? No, I was interested in the evolution of well, Solus. He was interested in himself. So he was that's very good. interested in himself. Um, I uh, it, well, like in Mass Effect, the only characters I really cared about in Mass Effect really were Tali, Garrus, and Rex, <sighs> yes, and Liara. Like really, no, you, and Morden, you, you and Blood, and Burr. See, I wasn't even. I, I liked Morden, but he wasn't like my heart, bro. I know I'm breaking hearts by saying that. No, I know Foley's divorcing me. No. Fane, I could give two shits. Oh about. God, wet um, eyes. Uh, oh see, yeah, wet eyes. Yeah. Anyone who makes like. sound effects when they close their eyes is always mm-hmm. going to be a little creepy. I wanted to like Miranda, and I wanted yeah, to like no. Jacob, but they both kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, Miranda and Jacob were two wasted space. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, they're just, I, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition is the first Bioware game where every single party member, where I was looking at the party screen, and it was genuinely a struggle to decide who to take with yeah. me, because I wanted to hear them all interact. That's true. So... And I, I would agree with that. And I wanted to do everyone's missions not only so that I could check some invisible boxes to allow me to do something at the end of the game, but because <coughs> I um, I really about. wanted to find out what they had to say, and yeah. I was disappointed that I couldn't learn more. Did we yeah, talk about so. how, uh, was this on the podcast where I was talking about how I screwed up? I didn't realize the whole big mage versus Templars thing, I didn't realize was even a... Uh, like a like a, an option, and I just kind of rolled with whatever option they gave me, and I didn't realize that like everyone else had chosen like the mage thing. Oh, did you did you side with the Templars by accident? I had no idea that was it. Like uh, I I I, no, I had no idea that there was a uh, 
a choice being given to me in the game. Huh. So spoilers, this this is stuff that happens quote unquote only in the first twenty hours in the game. Is um <laughs> Which, yeah. that's as far as I've gotten. I'm really way behind everyone else, because it seems like everyone else I know is actually beating the game now. But, I, treated um, <coughs> I treated it like a full-time job for a while. There yeah, friends, there's, so. there's a certain point where... So the whole crux of Dragon Age Inquisition, there's this big war between these mages and these Templars. And the Templars are essentially just like knights with swords and shields. You know, mages are just magic users. And there's a certain point, point in the game where you're asked to choose between the Templars or the mages yeah. for this big mission. And something happened. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention to what they were trying to tell me in the game, but something happened. I went up to, I think Colin came up to me and was like, so, so um, but we need help Templar or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, Templar, right. yeah, let's go. <laughs> and so there's a big mission with the Templars. You have to go fight bad guys with the Templars. And then everyone else is like, and then it comes to this big story point where it's obviously like the end of the first act of the game. In yeah. fact, actually, that's how everyone describes it. Like all the, all the guides and the walkthroughs I've seen of Dragon Age Inquisition, this is the end of the first act, essentially. And everyone else is talking about how, oh, yeah, I went off with the mages, and we did this mage thing, and there's, like, time travel and all this stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I didn't realize there's this whole thing. So, essentially, the the, 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 the end of the first act kind of ends with this big hour-long mission where you get to choose to fight alongside with either the mages or the Templars. And, yeah, I just, for some reason, I just totally bowled over the fact that this is a choice I had and just kind of rolled with yeah. whatever was presented to me. And I'm oh, the no. only person who made this choice because everyone else is talking yeah. about how yeah. this amazing mage mission that there's all this crazy shit that happens that I never saw, which is kind of great. I mean, that's the reason why you play kind of games like this is that, right. you know, everyone makes different decisions and there's going to be whole wax of the game that you never get to see because of your decisions, right. but it's just fucking hilarious that I, like, I how much imagine I just... what that will do I'm to really... the rest of your story. Yeah, I know, yeah. exactly, yeah. Well, that's the thing, because in Mass, in Bio, in, in Dragon Age in particular, like, shit really is different depending on your choices. Yeah. Like, for example, Foley was going through the keep last night because uh, where you can go and make your choices from all the other Dragon Age games. Where you cannot give Isabella to the air shot. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's that. I know, you know, I talked about that last <laughs> night and the entire room blew up when I told him that. You kind of you kind of fridge the most everyone's most beloved character. Well, then she came back though, or something like it. Like I I don't know I don't know something something. But she's gone forever. Foley was going through the keep last night, and she put she found she remembered that in Origins, the very first Dragon Age, is uh, uh, Liliana can die. Yeah. Wait, which one's Liliana? I should have picked that. Liliana is the basically the spy master Wait, what? of the Inquisition. So, yeah. so there's Tally Pot. You don't have Liliana in this game? I don't know. We didn't. I don't know. That I, didn't happen you know, in our I timeline. Should've, I so. should have picked it. I should have yeah, picked so it. Yeah, so we started a new... We're, we're talking about sexy, kind of like medieval Tali spy master, right? Oh, man. Sexy. I forgot that you think she's sexy. Oh, no, yes. she's got the skin for, for. Despite the fact that she's supposedly wearing all this like chainmail and stuff, she should be shaped like potato. It's like she's essentially Tolly, where she's got the wide hips and like it's like very feminine. Like, yeah, oh, she's got the little hood. Okay, Bill. We're gonna have to agree to disagree with that one. She, she looks like medieval Tolly. She has to be like a stealthy, stealthy. I never really like Liliana. I never was never big a Liliana. Yeah. Hey, but she anyway, was the yeah. first person to start singing when the Pope starts singing in that one scene. See, my thing is, what the hell happens if she dies? If yeah, she dead? what is up? So she, I mean, she literally so, she comes in with is does Cullen come in with Cassandra and she sends Cullen off to? The I don't know, camp? man. I mean, but then like uh, on the table, like every every event that happens on the table, you have three options. You only have two. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I don't know. or does the game give you a new spy master? Uh, no, I'm it's curious. Iron Bull wearing uh, a chainmail slit up the side to show off her hips. Yes. His hips. 
So, they's hips. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we started a new Inquisitor last night. I can't help it. I was like, You're I want to be, I still want to be a beast man. So I made a, a male Kunari named Hank. Hank! <laughs> Hank Kadar. You guys are predictable as balls. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. So, uh, so is what's is is it a different character class that you chose this time too? Yeah, I yeah, chose yeah. dual dual handed uh, double handed weapon. Though I'm kind of like a rogue. To go, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, a two handed weapon warrior. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm kind of tempted to make him a mage. I know. Oh, that would be interesting. But just because so much of this game is about the mage Templar conflict, and also the Kunari have a let's just say a uh, un- unhealthy relationship with their magic users. So. Oh really? Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, as in like if you're a magic user, you you're like. Do they make them tranquil and sew their mouths shut? No, they don't make them tranquil. They use them like weapons. They basically uh, bind them. They do sew their mouths shut. Sew their mouths shut. Yes, like, they all do. sorts of crazy unfortunate. Man, damage. and then. There's the... Oh, fuck it's it. not nice. Fucking Dragon Age. So, there's a whole thing that happens where your shit gets fucked up at the end of the first act. Mm-hmm. And you... There's potential... You could potentially lose all, like, the secondary characters you've kind of been doing errands for. Yeah. Kind of collecting for your keep? For for the, you, for Haven? Did you And them? I didn't realize that there was a thing where they could die, and so they all got wiped out. <laughs> and then when I went back, like, all my... All the good guys recollected again, I was like, wait, where's... Where's Larry? Where's yeah. Susan? Where's Menave, the lore master, who you, who up until that point in the game you keep turning in research to? And they're like, oh, they're oh all gosh. they're they're skeletons are over there. If you want to go say hi, and I was like, what? <laughs> and so I actually restarted the whole end of the last act of the game to save them, and I saved them. And even if you do save them, they still don't show up in this new place. And just everyone says, oh yeah, you save those guys. Uh, if you go looking the for them. Anymore. If you're looking for them, some of them are around. It's just your favorite one isn't there. I know the name! I was what? That's, I went back and wasted an hour to just go save her. And still, she doesn't. She she gave up her job anyway. And I'm like, you ungrateful tart. <laughs> oh, Bill. But hey, at no. least they're alive. All those characters are alive in my save now. But yeah, no, let's put it this way. The last thing I did in the game was I unlocked Skyhold. So yeah. and I just finally and well and then Annie came over yesterday and uh, Dylan was over here too and so we wanted to show Dylan uh, Dragon Age and so mm-hmm. I was running around Skyhold and we got to show Dylan son. I was gonna say don't say anything super spoilery because that is my favorite part of the game and I want everyone to experience it fresh. It was funny talking to people about that last night. Some people had never seen what the mission we're talking about, Cassandra huh. and her book. Oh, uh, some it's people heartbreaking. Some people, some people, that didn't, that whole thing didn't even unlock as a possible thing to do until the very last thing they did in the game. Interesting. Weird. Which is really yeah, weird. Yeah, the, the, the party member, the way that missions, specialized missions unlock for party members is weird. Because, like, for example, I never got Dorian's personal mission <sighs> the whole game. And uh-huh. it's super upsetting. I'm really mad about that. Actually, so, it was Hank, Hank Dar. The big debate we're having in our household is, will Hank, our hunk, pursue (laughs) Cassandra or Dorian? And we're actually torn, which says something. Is he going for the C or is he going for the D? (laughs) So the question (laughs) is... The question, I mean, which is interesting, because usually in Dragon Age games, like, there is the relationship that I see as being the most interesting, and maybe yeah. there's a secondary one, and then all the other options, and, like, there's... nuke them from orbit. I genuinely want to see how every single relationship in this game pans out. I do. I know you're making faces because Solus is... And Cole. 
I don't know. Actually, I was wrong. Cold doesn't have romance. Oh, God, him. good. He's actually, uh, the asexual community is very delighted because he is an asexual character. Because he's a sad baby. <laughs> sad dad, he's, sad baby. <laughs> he's not a sad baby. Did he's you guys just date a Sarah? Who was dating Sarah? We did. We dated Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. We are the nuts. only people in the universe who dated Sarah. <laughs> Conley is right. That is like dating a 12 year old. No! Don't agree. Don't agree. I did it because my it was my wife's birthday, and she gets a lesbian relationship for her. Yes, birthday. I do. And Josephine was taking too long. Yeah, Josephine was taking too long. Oh yeah, no, that she she she's a slow burner. That's the best part. Anyway, so yeah, we finished we finished Inquisition. We won't talk about it too much longer. Like I said, I don't want to be super spoilery, but we did enjoy it. There's a bad habit I have in video games, though, where in games allow you to pace yourself. Yeah. There's this temptation for when it's like, oh, the final thing. I should really take my time and whatever. The the end, the actual end of this game is not terribly interesting because it's all about the journey getting there. Yeah. And then I waited so long to do the final mission that I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. Well, and you were super. You had done every single thing you could possibly do, so really you were like mad, up. powered up. Yeah, I finished the game uh, like three levels above the max recommended level for the yeah. mission, and like I have, I still have like two hundred and thirty power points sitting on the war table. So you just you... like five finger punched like the Jack Skeleton, pretty much Skeleton <laughs> exactly. guy at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I will say this, Bill. I have played all the Dragon Age games. I consider myself a Dragon Age fan. Even I, at the end of it, feel like I need a Dragon Age wiki to actually figure Oof, out that's, what's that's going it. on. So yeah. I don't look for. I, I feel I'm very intrigued to see what your reaction. I've will already be. stopped yeah. giving up on the lore because the lore is just completely. Rather than the lore explaining the world more to me and making more sense, it makes it more complicated. And even more, I'm having a harder time keeping track of things. And if yeah. I, I, I right now I'm, I'm to the point where I'll pick up books and read them so they're added to my thing. So if I want to go back and check them out, you know, at least I have that. But it's. I, I think, uh, it's it's slowing down the pace of the game to me, and if anything, it's actually confusing more than. It's I think it's kind of a it's kind of a, it would be kind of a fascinating take though because Bill his character is an outsider. Yeah, that's Bill a good point, himself actually, yeah. has absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> so it's like it, it's a very it's a very true. So what would be great is if you just you know you don't go back, you don't say oh shit I did that wrong. Everybody else has done this. You just go yeah Templars. I yeah, Templars. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That was a big fight. We killed everybody. It was super cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Call no, with um, all thumbs up. Uh, for me, Bill, I didn't go to the Templars because the Templars are dill I mean, I know, well, that's what's kind of surprised they send you on this mission to, like, oppress other people, and you're like, yeah, let's oppress people. I'm so surprised you did that. They're dill I didn't know it was a choice. That's they the thing. It was until talking to other people later, they're like, oh, yeah, that mission with the mages, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, Bill <laughs> is the Bolin. Yeah, I totally am, yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking of which... Uh, there's new, yeah, new Legend of Korra on Friday. So, Bill, are you now caught up on Legend of Korra? I'm totally caught up. And there's only, uh, technically one there's three double? episodes left, but there's oh, technically okay. only two weeks of Legend of Korra left. Right. There's one episode next week, and the last two episodes are just one one hour-long finale in two weeks. So, <gasps> I'm going to be sad when Legend of Korra is over, because for all its problems, damn, it's nice to have a show with a bunch of broads on screen. Yeah, especially, like, la- the, the, this season largely has been mostly just women running around and yeah. doing stuff. And this whole last episode is about the Beifong family oh. yeah. doing Which, their thing. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> been really good. interesting. Uh, but, Buttface McKinney's actually been a little bit upset about how some of this Beifong stuff has gone down. Specifically, there's very, like, subtle stuff about her, about Toph and Lin, yeah. and how they should have interacted and stuff. And it's, 
I was reading... Yeah, yeah, I was reading that. That's because fucking McKinney has her own elaborate Bayfong canon in her Which head. Which is a, she tends to come with pretty good canons, though. I have to admit, no, 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 but they're like, great. But yeah. I think that I feel like that's sad for somebody who like who, like loves to play. Because somebody had asked her if she had any original characters, and she's like, no, 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 no. I like to play in other people's sandboxes. Yeah, yeah. and she comes up with. She did it with the Malfoys. Yeah, she yeah. has done it with the Bayfongs. She comes up with shit that's normally better yeah and then that's just a letdown yeah you're so frustrated because your idea is just like her her interpretation of Edie and uh, joker and mass effect is so great not that those those characters were terrible in the game but like seeing her comics and then going back and seeing those characters through the filter of her work is like even extra just like oh i like you know it's it's she does a good job of like filling out relationships and i could see why she gets frustrated with some of this stuff where they kind of make creative choices that she wouldn't and she makes a good point in that like she feels really frustrated because you know they brought back toff and stuff and uh, the creators of Korra are totally justified in not wanting to suddenly turn the show over to old like uh avatar characters like you don't want to suddenly have them save the day or anything like that but she does point out that like they could have done a little bit more they may be a little bit too scared for their own good of having Toph show up and save the day. Not that they not that not that she should should save the day, but they could have done a little bit more with her being a little more proactive yeah. and being more of a like her interactions with her daughters being a little more realistic. But they're so hands off that it like the relationship between Toph and her kids is a little just kinda like underbaked. Uh, I would yeah. say they just don't they don't have that much time to dedicate. And that's yeah, the other thing don't. too, yeah. Yeah, but, if yeah. they had if they had, you know, another if they had another season to go or yeah. if they had like fifteen episodes, yeah. then you could actually but, get in there and but you can't. I just love that you've got a cranky old lady and her crazy mm-hmm. daughters and they're trying to rescue their niece and they're getting help from, you know, this the main character of the story who's a super badass lady. And the smartest character in the whole series is this lady who runs this automotive company. Yeah. And just, like, it's just, like, super, like, yeah, yeah. no, it's, oh man, it's great. Yeah, oh, I love that one. Between Korra and then all the ambient queers in Dragon Age Inquisition, I feel very spoiled right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice feeling. It will pass. It will <laughs> but pass. It's nice. It will definitely it will pass. pass. Yeah. Bill, tell me about Fantasy Life. Uh, so I downloaded Fantasy Life, which is a new game for the 3DS, um... It's this weird, it's a role-playing game uh, where you can uh, not only play as, like, knights and stuff, like, fighting monsters and stuff, but you can also play as, like, a chef. So you're making, like, food yeah. for your other characters. Excellent. Uh, you can, like... Uh, uh, Chicken I, sopa. Yeah, exactly, which I made last night not as spicy as you would have liked fully, unfortunately. Mm. It was still good, but, like, it wasn't the spicy fully chicken sopa. Burn going in. Um... So, yeah, I just started playing a little bit. Yeah. So, I've actually played a little, so little of it, I don't have much to say about it other than it's just very cute. And um, then, also, the other thing I've been playing is a little bit of a game called 80 Days. Okay. Which uh, I only heard about because, I guess, I think last week, Time Magazine put out their, like, top ten games of the year. And their number one was something called 80 Days. And everyone on NeoGAF was like, what the fuck is 80 Days? <laughs> who, who, who is Time? What, where? Yeah, what, well, why does Time care about, like, what's the best video games or whatever? But it turns out 80 Days is an iOS game hmm. where you're... It's essentially it's essentially a choose your own text adventure game, uh, where you're uh, running around. Uh, it's eighty days around the world, or around the world in eighty days, just as a video game text adventure. Uh, you're trying to get from you know London, you're uh, trying to circumvent the whole world in eighty days in this kind of steampunk version 
of like Victorian England, not just Victorian England, but Vic the whole entire world. Uh, but it's great because it's all text adventures, and you can like you're playing the footman to this rich guy who wants to travel around the world. So you're kind of helping this guy make decisions, and you're kind of going off to get supplies. And you have a very limited amount of money, and you get to choose your path around the world. And it's great because like it's a, like kind of a Carmen San Diego thing because yeah. you can choose. Okay, you can go to Delhi, you can go to Siberia. Or you can try try to shoot through China, but you've only got so much money, and you have to go here, and you have to wrangle this, and you have to make money over here. But it's mostly just through tech stuff. Uh, there's no like gameplay stuff because it's all just. And it has this very interesting way of kind of bringing up text and then giving you your options, and just the way that visually it formats that when you choose a text option, it suddenly like the text kind of blooms out and suddenly becomes kind of continues your story in this very kind of nice organic kind of way. Oh, the production awesome. values are really nice for essentially what, like I said, was just a text adventure. It has some nice graphical elements too, because like I said, yeah. you've got this three-dimensional spinning globe that you can kind of chart your path around the world with. And, but you're also playing against other life people, too. When you start a session, they, they kind of sync you up with other people who are starting an 80-day oh. session at the same time. Okay. And so you can kind of race against other people in real time, too. Oh, that's and weird. It's just super... It, it's only five bucks, and it's just kind of a fun, just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, text adventure, geography, exploring the world kind of game. Yeah. That's cute. Speaking of... Did you already talk about... Speaking of London? What speaking happened? Speaking of Britain... It is official that PBS will be airing the fifth season of The Great British Bake Off directly after Downton Abbey. Yeah! They will be starting like it, every believe... episode is another episode of Gabbo? <laughs> so yeah, so they'll do, because um, they're like, we can put, we're going to put it in a, basically a British block. Yeah. And so we're going to air Downton cool. Abbey, and then directly after we're going to air, um, the, the, starting with the first episode of the fifth season, we're going to air Great British Bake Off. So oh, all you boy hotties can see what we're losing our shit over, because the fifth season is a really good season. The fifth season, season is excellent. It's yeah, so we gotta, good. we got to force people to watch Downton Abbey so we could browbeat them to, like, but we could, we, could, we could be like, oh, but we already know who wins, but we could all be like... What if that person is going to I've win? I've already gotten, like, how many people addicted to this? Oh, man. Fully, probably single-handedly gotten, I'm going to say, at least seven people we know addicted to the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good show. Yeah. So, yeah, now all of our American bros can watch it on PBS. I think in the yes. spring is when it's going to No, I think, I think it actually starts, I feel like it starts in January. Yeah, Downton Abbey I'll, I'll tends to start up on PBS, like, the first week of January. Yeah. 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 So... So three Man, weeks, that's great. Week. Gabbo will be on, like, broadcast on American television. Get the freak yeah, out of people. Yeah, we'll be able to watch it, yeah. it legally. That'll be really <gasps> Yeah, thank you, Maxwell Motley. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Single-handedly, I'm sure, did this. Yeah, All exactly, right. yeah. With that exciting piece of news, we're going to can, can take a little break and then come back for the Geek Week in Review. How about that? Or the Geek Week in Review. What did I say? Well, you said the Geek Week in Review. I'm sick. Be nice. <laughs> I'm busy. I got more brain. You're All a little right. gross. Alright, friends, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Yep, okay. looks good. Okay. Sinking with HQ. Corporate has cleared you for entry technician. Whenever you're ready. Here we go. Alright, pals, now it's time for the Geek Week in Review. For uh, long-time listeners, you know as well as I that this is the part where I read notes on the week that was written by Bill, and oftentimes this is my first time learning this information. So, with that in mind, here we go. Oh, as should I, I talk about all my birthday stuff I got last night? Oh, yeah! It was Bill's... Oh, excuse me! I am an asshole! It was Bill's birthday! I just... I, just, I, don't, well, I didn't forget about it, but I, I 
was going to mention it before, but then I forgot. I've got the uh, instructions from my brand new TIE uh, uh, X-Wing fighter toy that listener Daniel Rudis and his wife uh, Kelsey got for me. It's, I, I, I should have gone upstairs and brought it back down. They got me this giant X-Wing fighter toy that comes in like this old retro like Kenner box from the 1980s, but it's brand new. You know, oh, you can go great. to Walmart and find it now. But it's like this huge fucking toy. So I guess with the Star Wars toys, with the new vehicles, they've tried to make them bigger so they're more in proportion to the figures. But, like, the old X-Wing fighter toys in the 80s were, like, maybe, like, like a foot and a half yeah. long. This thing's fucking huge. It's almost, like, twice as big. Oh, and wow. we were all, like, it was great. Everyone was just, like, fondling last night, and it was, it was very cute. Uh, Jimmy and Conley, they got me, uh, brought back a bunch of Studio Ghibli little Aww. postcard envelope things from Japan. Oh, nice. And, like... Uh, they're they're kind of done up to almost kind of look like little Hanafuda cards. Uh, Dylan and Katie, they got me flannel blankets. Nice. Which they were joking. They were like, this is the most... We, us being lesbians, we decided to be practical. We got you flannel blankets. Yeah. And so it was great. It was a great spread of... I got something really nice and practical and something I wanted. And then, you know, Star Wars action figure stuff. Oh, totally. the other thing Daniel got me, too, because I needed a pilot for my X-Wing fighter. Uh, he wanted to get me uh, Luke Skywalker pilot action figure, but they didn't have any. So he got me a Doc Brown Back to the Future <laughs> action figure. Have you seen the line of action figures? Where it's action figures from a whole bunch of different movies and stuff, but they're kind of done up to look like crappy, like, knockoff 80s action yeah. figures. Like, no. it's this whole weird series that I thought was just a joke online, but is a real thing. So it was an officially branded Back to the Future action figure that he got me, like, on a card and everything. It was like, he bought it at the store. Right. But it's kind of done up to look like this kind of crummy, like, if they had designed a Back to the Future toy in, like, 1982. Yeah. Like, so it's just, like, really off-model uh, Doc Brown and the action figure is made of this really cheap plastic that feels like 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 a dog chew. <laughs> and so I had that and all kinds of stuff like that. It was a good time. I made a chocolate peanut butter cheesecake last night, which got destroyed. People woofed yeah. that shit down. I made chicken sopa, which Foley mentioned before, which turned out really nice, but not quite mm. spicy like Foley likes. But so no, you guys didn't miss fine. out too much there. <laughs> I'm sure but, it's delicious. Uh, the other thing, too, was I, I invited people over for a birthday shindig last night. It was very specifically, like, don't worry about presents. And usually people, uh, the last my last couple of birthday parties, people have been good about, like, not bringing presents. But yeah, for some reason this year, it seemed like most everybody wanted to bring in presents. So I actually did have, like, a pile of wrapped presents. It was, like, the first yeah, time I had that, like, awesome. in years. That's nice. And especially with one of them being a big, dumb Star Wars toy, it was even more like, ah, Star Wars! Yeah. Oh, and then Mike Russell, he brought uh, Absolute Watchmen, which uh -oh. is great, because I've never really read the whole, like, it's got, like, the all the Alan Moore scripts and stuff and that stuff, too, and just, like, it was it was a really cool birthday last night. I mean, it was great to hang out with people and mostly talk about Dragon Age, but it was also, I hate to see it, Presents are awesome. Presents are amazing. See, Bill, you're the opposite of me because for my birthday, I'm going to have a thing in there saying explicitly, you do not get to come to my house without an offering the presents. Exactly, piece. exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I'm like an asshole. With me living by myself, I get to buy all the kind of stuff I really need, so it's not like yeah. I really need other people giving me junk. Yeah. But junk is awesome at the same time. Yeah. Even blankets. I was super happy. They got me flannel blankets. And yeah. Really it's nice that people think of you. Anyway, so that's, I just wanted to uh, thank everyone for birthday stuff. I just want to take a note before we start talking about other stuff. Oh, well, happy birthday, happy Bill. Bill. 
So as you mentioned, the video game, excuse me, the Game Awards, I think is what they were called. The Game yeah. Awards were on Friday. We could watch them all. It was actually nice. They were streamed online. They were streamed on PlayStation and Xbox mm-hmm. and the whole nine yards. It was really lovely. Uh, a bully to Jeff Keighley for pulling it off. Um, but there were 12 uh, announcements and first looks at games. And what was really great is that they opened with the announcement and a little teaser for Tacoma, the next game by the Fulbright Company. That was, was that the very first thing they showed? Yes. Yeah, that was what they Oh, that was the first reveal. I was good. joking with Carla about how, why did you make a game that is about taco mothers? And she's like, what? And I was like, because you named your game Taco Ma. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm really curious about this. It's funny because I'm friends with um, uh, three of the devs, and I think... Anytime I talk to any one of them, they assume that one of the other two has told me more they, about the game. Yeah. Oh, so were they, they all never, like, yeah. They well, we never got... have. Yeah. yeah. So we know so much because they'll just start going, and as you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I'm like, that's funny. And then they'll get to the end of whatever they say, and we're just like, you know, no, like, you know, so and so told you. And I'm like, so, no. Do you guys know more about the game than they presented at the show? I can't say anything. I can't say anything. Oh, but you guys do. You just can't say anything. Okay, can't very say cool. Anything. I'm just not saying anything. I don't know. We don't know a lot, because like I said, they assume that we know, and we don't, but this is our first time laying eyes on anything, so that was really exciting. Is the whole game just in that one room? That's really it? It's just like, just Uh more detailed stuff floating around? All you can do is float forward, move forward and backward the same ten steps that they took during the course of that game. Yeah, that's it. It's it's on rails, they just spent so much time on the Zero-G stuff, they don't have time for assets for anything else, yeah. I'm really kind of surprised, because if, like... I would presume that you're just exploring this whole space station, which, you know, it seems like it'd be bigger and more elaborate than than, than, mm-hmm. than the Greenbrier house. Well, know. they did double their team for this one. Oh, they yep. did? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Kate's got to put up with other people's bullshit now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, I, I'm really excited about that. I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm like, and it was nice to see the the, the game awards open with that game. That's so. crazy. It's, yeah, it's no, so cool I'm... that they're doing something super different. Yeah, yeah, bless them. Because I know what they were working on. The game they were working on before, I was a little apprehensive about it because the first iteration of Tacoma, I was worried that it was going to be a little that people would be able to flippantly say, "Oh, it's just like on home." What? So I'm glad that they took a Why, how such did a they different change tab. It? Why, Bill, if you read the Fulbright blog at blog.fulbright.com, you can find all about this. Yeah. Was it just the Greenbrier house that just had Jetsons rings on everything? That's exactly it, my friend. No, the original game was terrestrial in nature. I don't know. Uh, no, but anyway, know. it was really cool to see it. Um, but it was interesting because uh, a couple of reveals later they announced Adrift, which is, uh, uh, as Bill notes, another first-person zero-G space game. Though it looks very different. It's a survival. It looks like Yeah, a, it's more gravity survival. Than, than Tacoma. Which Tacoma, yeah. Tacoma kind of looks like you're exploring. Almost looks like a space hotel, at least from the one little bit they show, because like, it's all kind of gleaming, kind of like, it's not like hard sci-fi, like, no, no. I do stuff. love that when you, the one of the first things you see is right to the left is a is a WC, so they're continuing their grand tradition of entering a building and then seeing the restroom to the left, no, which no. I appreciate. Is there going to be a space duck? I can only space hope duck. So. Christmas space no. duck? <laughs> Um, but, uh, there were a lot of neat announcements, uh, shown during the show. Uh, they showed, what was the name of the caveman game, uh, before? Before. That looked interesting. I don't know that Which, I got to see that. There's already another caveman coming out, caveman game. There was the, what was the game that they announced at, like, E3 where you could play as, like, 
the bird and the caveman and the Well, that's ducks. different, because that's, that's like, the whole point of that game is that you can be all sorts of different people in this place That's still kind of prehistoric. You're in the wild trying to survive. <sighs> it both takes place in a similar context. That's okay. correct. Just like a drift and Tacoma take place in space. You're absolutely correct. I'm going to keep talking because you're eating diligently. What are you even eating, Bill? Reese's cups. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep There's talking. There's a leftover. I had to chop up Reese's cups for the topping of the cheesecake last night, and I still had one one pack left. But, um, Well, did you all see that the Adrift game is made by Adam Orth, who is the Microsoft employee at the height of when they were yeah. unveiling the Xbox One? He was the guy, a uh, Microsoft yeah. employee on Twitter, who was telling people, like, being really flippant at people about how, well, so everything's got to be always on these days. When people yeah. were, when they were talking about how yeah. the Kinect was going to be always on and stuff, he was like, get with the times, man. He was being super flippant at people. Yeah. And uh, Microsoft fired his ass for him being an asshole about it. And th- he was also being really flip uh, when it was rumored that the uh, Xbox One would be always on, connected to the internet. And he essentially kind of half-assedly kind of confirmed it because he was saying, "Well, sometimes things have to be always on because you gotta you gotta join the twenty first century, man." And he got sh- yeah, he totally got shit canned for being an asshole on Twitter. And More but it's nice to see he-, he landed on his feet, and now he's got his own space. You know, he's got his own Tacoma ripoff game. It was all a little. He was all a little flip. The one, the thing that he said that actually did kind of piss me off was when someone said, when someone responded to him saying, "Yeah, things have to be always on. That's just kind of the way it is." So he, someone said, "Well, what if I live in a rural area with with yeah, spotty internet connection?" Is, yeah. And he said, "Why the fuck would I live there?" That was the comment where I was like, "Oh, dude." Yeah, it was kind of. It wasn't just him being an asshole, but being a little fucked up class is kind of like asshole shit. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm glad he's making a game. I live in the middle of nowhere. I know. Well, not one, not middle of nowhere with spotty internet connection. Well, no, I would. The, then you could no, because then you couldn't watch Bake Off. You couldn't watch Bake Off. You couldn't play Destiny. I'd roll a bitch for Bake Off. <laughs> Did you guys finish uh, Unity? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm dive back into it now that I've beat Unity. it. Unity! I'm back, <laughs> I'm back in, in Unity. Uh, but anyway... Oh my uh, god, that was my breakfast was a sip of Coke and a Reese's Cup. No wonder I'm Bill. fat. the worst podcast. Oh, I need the energy. Hey, the video awards, the game awards, <laughs> they also had a video for Battlefield Hardline in one of the most... I mean, that fucking game just That was be... so tasteful... And that game needs no. to be shot into the that sun. Need, that needs to not happen. I mean, my just, God, it's, this is—you could not pick a worse time to glamorize the uh, violent militarization of the American. Dude, did you see the playable character that you play as, named Charlie Ferguson? They're just antagonizing people now. It's fucking terrible. It's really—it's such bad timing on their parts. Yeah, the especially they devoted a lot of time of that award show to the to hardline stuff too. It wasn't just like a passing mention or just showing a trailer, but like. Yeah. And also, everyone agrees they had a beta, and everyone agreed it wasn't fun. Yeah. So it's not oh, even great. like it seems like it's going to be like a great game. It's like a shitty game that they're already kind of like it's just a waste of space on every conceivable level. Yeah. And then on top of that, they had a performance of the song from Battlefield Hardline, the With theme like song, some which kind is of Gamergate looking motherfucker, like some guy trying to look like he had like a fedora and long hair and like. But included a line not dissimilar to "Don't even bother holding your hands up." Oh, it's just like, that's saucy. It could not have been more ill-timed, more tone-deaf. Yeah. 
I'm assuming Jeff Keighley just put that in because is that like an EA game? Must be if it's Battlefield. I'm, you know, I'm you sure it was a Jeff Keighley personally was like. And... I'm sure he went to EA, yeah, and he was like, "What games do you want to talk about?" And they're like, "Hey, oh. we got one." I don't like, put oh. I don't put that on Jeff Keighley's head, but yeah, it's, it's not really great. He's got to put his Dorito Poop hats on sometimes. <laughs> Uh, um, anyway, uh, Bill, how do you feel about the Zelda? The Zelda we got. <gasps> Tell me about Zelda. In, in human words. Nah, it was, um, well, the big complaint about people have had for Zelda for a long time, especially the console games, uh, the Zelda games have gotten actually smaller. You don't really explore in Zelda games that much anymore. You kind of go from dungeon to dungeon, and there's always a little bit of an overworld you can kind of explore, but it's, you can never, like, get lost. Right. And uh, like maybe about two years ago, uh, the guy who's in charge of the Zelda stuff these days, he kind of did say something about how we're, we're kind of looking at Skyrim for the next Zelda game. I'm not promising anything, but Skyrim, we see a lot of people seem to love that game in the West, so maybe we'll try to incorporate a little bit of Skyrim into the next Zelda. And so people assumed that what he meant was the free-roaming open-world stuff. Right, right. And so what they really were showing off in, they had a little... It was the first time you've actually seen, like, in-game gameplay for this new Zelda game. Still doesn't have a title or anything like that, but it's supposed to be out by this time next year uh, for the yeah. Wii U. But yeah, no, they showed just, like, Link running around on a horse just getting lost, and they were very... They made a very specific point to talk about, like, oh, we're getting lost over here, and it could take us five minutes to get over there where we need to go because yeah. this world's so huge, and... Yeah. If you see yeah, that I mountain over like there, was... you can go to it and all kinds of stuff. This was Nintendo very pointedly looking at all the fans who've been crying at the death of the Wii U and saying, nah, motherfuckers, look at all this shit we have. Yeah, we got, we got, we got Wii U, we got Zelda. Uh, I think this is going to be the last big uh, Wii U game, and then they're going to start pimping their next, like, got, what are their, like, life improvement hardware is going to be. But, I mean, the, the, the other thing is the game itself didn't necessarily look that good. But then again, like, the game's still got a year left in development, and Nintendo games, especially Zelda games, have known to actually change kind of radically from, from one showing to another in terms of, like, the, how they look. And so I think they really are just kind of working on the big, giant open world. Uh, but it's just kind of cool to see them kind of go... And they were very specifically making comparisons back to the first Zelda game, how you could get lost. Yeah. And uh, actually, people online pointed out the very first thing they show at the beginning of this demo is Link on top of, like, this mountain cliff <laughs> overlooking this, like, uh, mountain range that's, like, glowing red from the sunset. And people pointed out that is actually uh, pretty much a, uh, a re recreation of the first uh, box art for the Japanese version of the first Zelda game, which is, like, little oh. baby cartoon Link on, like, a little mountaintop overlooking, like, you know, this vast valley with this, like, burning red... Uh, mountain range in the distance and so i don't know if that was conscious on you know nintendo's part but like yeah. everyone's like that could be cool who knows and people are still trying to figure out and look a lot of people are still suspecting that link in this game is actually a lady because they've been very very hands-off about showing what his face looks like and she and like his body language and stuff seems a little more feminine so everyone's like maybe maybe he'll actually you know or maybe who knows maybe you're just playing a zelda and maybe you're gonna go rescue link or something like that but i don't know we'll see it's it's definitely more interesting looking Zelda game than, than any other Zelda game has looked at this point in its lifespan so far. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, happy birthday, Bill. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Sutton, also, let me guess. There's a Triforce. There's a horse. There's probably going to be a lady named Zelda. She probably need to really There's rescued. some really cool archery from horseback. Oh, yeah, and you jump that off the beautiful. horse and it goes into slow motion. 
Like yeah, the weird shit like that. I like to say they're at least mixing up the formula a little bit as yeah. much as they can, but yeah, whatever. So, now. Yeah. Zelda. A little cool. Zelda. So, the Game Awards were lovely, then the next day they had the, the keynote for the PlayStation Experience that's also going on in Vegas at the same time, and they opened with a nice, juicy <sighs> run of uh, Bruce Daly playing a demo level from Uncharted 4. Yeah. What'd Which is think? adorable because at some point he accidentally fell off the screen. Yeah. Do you think that's accidental? I I, I don't no, think that he, death animation was intentional, it was, but it's I've never seen someone was, die that way in the middle of like a live demo. It, uh, that was a hundred percent accidental. He pressed the wrong button. Yeah, yeah but it was pre- great to see. Like, okay, it's actually a live thing. Uh, yeah. Let's watch Nathan Drake fall through the world and yeah. kind of like almost have to reboot the game. But yeah. yeah. You got to hear that familiar, yeah, oh that, shit, yeah. I died. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. But that was, and the, the again, board, that game still got a year of development left, but you know, yeah. You know, Uncharted 4 is really looks, it looks it's beautiful. I, the, the animation and movement were like really gorgeous to behold. It's I'm already thinking about like how much more once this game comes out, like how much more they can do can they do with this formula? Because they're giving him so many tools. Because now he's got like a like a rock pick, so now he can mm-hmm. climb places where, like you know, like some surfaces he can dig this knife into and yeah. kind of climb around. He's got a rope, which uh-huh. I'm kind of surprised they didn't, this is the first time he's actually had kind of like a rope Indiana Jones style kind of whip or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. This, this is good. Yeah. And uh, has fully put it out just like Mabel. He has a grappling hook. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's Mabel. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna come in useful at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, now I'm thinking. And Sully Sprunkle Stan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, and I was showing up. Dipper. <laughs> but I do like the fact, like, actually coming out of swings with the rope thing. Like, you can go out of a swing right into like diving onto a guy. Yeah. No, all and... the all the movement and the fighting seemed really good. I liked that they were integrating more stealth aspects of it. And avoidance as much as combat, which that's was what really we're saying. Nice. They tend to, they seem to be really fleshing out like the the, the like the, the whatever stealth and combat and traversal they have. They, they seem mm-hmm. to be fleshing it out. I don't know what more you can do with this, with the with the traversal stuff because once you've got like yeah like grapple chains and fucking stealth stuff and like I don't know what else how how much more you could gild the Lily with that gameplay after you this game. Gild, I'll be curious. You gild his butt, Lily. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're they're really amping this to be like maybe the end of Drake's story. I mean, it's called Thief's End. But he's like, gonna be his brother. You know, he's gonna die and. It's, this so, game's probably gonna end with like Drake saying, "I'm gonna swear off being a pirate because my brother died." Let's go, Sully. Let's get a drink. And that's and then the, the end next, of the game. and then the next one is actually just like it's like gone home, except you're at Drake's house during Christmas. Yes! That's right. <laughs> it's Bill's big idea. Well, also this is the first Uncharted without any Amy Hennig at the helm, helm which kind of bums me out a little bit. It's interesting because it. So Amy Hedick left during development, and so did Todd Stashwick, or however you say his name, who is currently, he was cast in Uncharted 4. It was his voice that we heard in the last teaser. He is now co-writing the Star Wars game with Amy Hedick, and what really threw me off is that that's his face with Troy Baker's mouth voice coming out of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I was like, huh. Is Druckmann making, is he in charge of the... Of Uncharted? Yeah, it's it's Neil Druckmann and Bruce Daly. Did you know he's Israeli? 
Yes, mm-hmm. Phil. Yeah. Have you not listened to the very excellent Tone Control podcast? No. Done by a friend of the podcast, Steve Gaynor, developer of Gone Home, where he interviews game devs. And in one, he actually, there's a really good one where he talks to Neil Druckmann about his his uh, life and his I career. was wondering, because he keeps on, he, like, Neil Druckmann has commentaries for his games. He keeps on talking about how he wants to make all the bad guys Palestinian. And they won't let him, and he just kind of freaks out and kind of scares me. You know what, Bill? You know what's really funny? When you make jokes about genuine conflicts that have killed, like, thousands and thousands of people for years and years. He's like, if only we could send Nathan Drake into Palestine and clear this up all single-handedly. I never stop laughing when you make jokey, tone-deaf jokes about genuine conflicts. I'm just making jokey, tone-deaf jokes about Nathan Drake being a bullet sponge sponge, killing thousands of people single-handedly. So, Uncharted 4 looked really good. Yeah, Troy Baker is voicing someone who claims to be Drake's brother. Who who knows what that means? Sometimes guys just call each other bro. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was Sully for a second, just when I saw another white guy standing there. I was like, oh, oh, he's too skinny to be Sully. And then it's Troy Baker being all, hey... My my deep secret hope, though I know for many reasons we would probably not get this, would be playable Elena. Yeah. Playable Sully. Do you think we'll yeah. even see Elena in the game? Yeah. I, I think so. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, there's no reason why. She, well, how, how did they end their last... Were they together at the end of the last game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Between That's a two thing. and three, they had they gotten married and own. separated. Yeah. But by the end of three, they were together again. Mm. So... I'm still kind anyway. of waiting to see if they just come out with a Charlie Cutter game. Because uh, tra- that was a kidding? rumor for a while. Uh, Graham McTavish is off doing other things right Outlander. now. Outlander. Fucking Outlander. Did you I love that? Graham McTavish. I love Charlie Cutter. I wish we could have more Charlie Cutter. I would be totally 100% fine with a Charlie and Chloe game. Mm. I can mm. see that, yeah. Those are two butts I would not staring at. CNC for Music hours. Factory and the music is gunfire. Go. All right, I'm going to continue. Uh, also, at PlayStation Experience, they mentioned, they announced the release date of Grim Fandango. It's coming out just in time for me and Conley's birthday, January 27th. Oh, yeah? I think about that. Very What's excited Conley's about birthday? that. birthday? Conley's birthday is just before that. I think her birthday is like the 19th or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but what's interesting is that they also announced that they're coming out with a Day of the Tentacle remake. Yeah. Um, Day of the Tentacle being uh, the sequel to Maniac Mansion that Tim Schafer was involved with back when he was at LucasArts. Is that Ron Gilbert involved in that? I don't believe so, no. But he, Ron, didn't he, didn't he, he cooked up Maniac Mansion though, right? He created Maniac Mansion, but yeah. um, it was Dave Grossman, who's currently at Telltale, and Tim Schafer, who did Day of the Tentacle. Okay. So this is interesting because before LucasArts went tits up, uh, there was a rumor that they were working on a, high, uh, a remake of uh, Day of the Tentacle, just like they had done of uh, Sec- uh, Secret of Monkey Island, and yeah. that it was, in fact, almost done. That huh. it was, like, really playable, and then things just kind of fell apart. So I'm curious if they were able to just pick that up and finish that Yeah, especially off, if they're so or... one-off, kind of like, uh, like, oh, yeah, we got Day of the Tentacle, it's coming soon, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, I'm very excited about that. Uh, have you played Day of the Tentacle? Yes, I have. But Foley hasn't. So I'm I'm, not, not a lot of people have. I mean, if, if you're into those kinds of games you have, but, like, the general public, who the fuck's actually played yeah. Data the Tentacle? You may have even heard about it, but, like, yeah, so. Well, Grim Fandango is not dissimilar. Is Grim know? Fandango, is that coming to consoles? Yes. Okay. It, that's built. You know how you're watching the PlayStation experience when this is announced? I was sleepy. Oh, <laughs> that's right. What am I saying? Okay. <laughs> uh, it is coming yeah. exclusively to PS4 and Vita. 
I think is what it, how it's going to work. So. And I just... And man, then, excuse me, and then Mac, PC, and Linux. I do like Disney's letting Tim Schafer go back and do all this stuff, though. That that, that well, bodes well for the future. It is literally just money that they're... If people come up to them and say, hey, you don't have to do any work, we'll just pay but you. LucasArts by itself never seemed to understand that. Because that LucasArts fucking... had to fit the bill themselves, and mm. George Lucas is not one to let other people play with his toys. LucasArts, True. man, what a mismanaged fucking company. Ugh. True. Anyway. Enough. Yeah, anyway. no, I've been reading that Secret History of Star Wars book, and they talked. There's a whole little yeah. thing they talk about LucasArts just kind of mismanaging themselves to death for yeah. no reason, for no real uh, understandable reason. Yeah, honestly, Bill, I've been in part of LucasArts fandom since the '90s, and that's oh, that's been the narrative. That was the narrative from Annie. Let me uh, mansplain to you about how what a travesty it is. This thing that you've already been mired <laughs> in your whole life. I'm going to tell you how terrible it's been. Yeah. So other announcements at um, uh, PlayStation Experience included a the next game from the folks who did uh, the what was it called the un, un unshaven memory un something swan un yes swan. unfinished one unfinished one thank you uh, they announced the next game called What Remains of Edith Finch and you note that it stars Paris from Gilmore Girls I swear to God other people back me up on this Twitter I've been searching on Google to get confirmation of this it sounds like Paris Geller from, from Gilmore Girls which I brought up Gilmore Girls at my party last night and everyone started laughing at me <laughs> no one else had ever watched Girls. Gilmore Girls and they're like what are you crazy really Gilmore. Bill, I watched Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is fun, but no, seriously, uh, the 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 lady, I'm assuming the protagonist from the, you only hear the voice. I don't think you see the, her body, uh, so I don't know if like, but it's it sounded like Paris Geller. I'm just saying, huh. just throwing that out there. I really, I really liked Liza. What was your name? Uh, Liza Wheel or whatever. Yeah, exactly. She was really fun, and just something about the voice. And other people on Twitter when they saw that tweet too, like other people who are, who are a video game fans and b Gilmore Girl fans, which that's not a lot of overlap. <laughs> I bet you that's actually a bigger Venn diagram than you think. But I bet you you are in the in the minority of people with beards. Well, I don't know. I have a beard technically. So. Yeah. What you have a, a nice beard? beard. Yeah, I've got some a, a, a fine, robust crop. Yeah, I've got like a shitty goatee and a shitty mustache. That. But I get like I only get the mustache on the sides, really, and then just a little, and then I bad. just all... get like little little commas on each side this of my chin. This is all very arousing. Facial hair. I know. This is good podcast talk. Believe it or not, we're talking about video games. Yeah. Um, uh, this week, uh, not at any sort of official. Oh, I should say a lot of really cool indie stuff was announced at PlayStation Experience. It was a delight and uh, a good time. Um, but this week, one interesting thing that happened was hit, uh, clues and screens from the next Assassin's Creed game were leaked. Okay. Kotaku picked up some screens from Assassin's Creed Victory set in Victorian England, I think. That's original name as fuck. It's Victorian! Also, it's the fifth Assassin's Creed! What if we just put a big V on the cover and just put Ictory or Ictorian Bill- after it? Name an Assassin's Creed game with a really good title. Yeah. Is it Unity? No. You know what I really liked? Brotherhood. <laughs> How about Revelation? I know, I know, I know. But. Assassin's Creed. So, noun. I, so this is supposed to be a leak, but this is a pretty weird leak since it seems to be pretty 
pretty it's a lot of information about that game for it just to be a leak that just came out i kind of well, i still wonder if this is not some kind of stealth marketing weird shit i don't know i i really just i really don't think so just because ubisoft is still in the doghouse right now yeah they that's still the have, good thing that, that that's such weird timing for this information coming out regardless of how it did come out but yeah that's why i really cannot believe that it was deliberate in any way shape or form because they still have they still have not fully fixed unity yeah it's still just, yeah I mean, it's just, there's no way that well, they're talking about the next Considering that thing. the name and the premise for the last two games were both revealed by someone who was, was, like, bumping into an Ubisoft employee with, like, this stuff on a laptop on an airplane? Yeah. That's how both Black Flag and Unity were both, like, people found out what the titles and what the premise were, was, like, yeah, somebody, like, sitting next to somebody in an airplane, an Ubisoft employee with, like, Assassin's Creed Unity on their laptop, you yeah. know, and stuff, so, at least... I don't know, but, um, I mean, I would, again, I love playing Assassin's Creed games just as, like, historical holodecks, and I would love to explore Victorian London, uh, but, yeah, man, I don't know. I could be as cynical as I want, but I'm gonna buy it, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna play it. I really still want to get Rogue, even, like, I want that for Christmas, like, yeah. I am a simple baby, I love goddamn I Assassin's Creed I think it was Jimmy game. last night who was talking about, supposedly, uh, this game is being developed by the same people who did the DLC for Black Flag. Oh, it is, yeah. Which, that was good DLC. It was starring Freedom the Freedom Cry. Guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, at least for that DLC, they did a good job. But who knows? Yeah. It, it really, they have so many teams working on these games and different configurations of teams, it's hard mm-hmm. to figure out what, what might be good depending on who's working on stuff. But, yeah. All I need is to be able to climb on things. And satisfyingly stab people. Yeah. I mean, really, my, my expectations of Assassin's Creed games are really low. That's why the only Assassin's Creed game that I really dislike... That's why I actually don't mind Unity. I'm enjoying Unity, yeah. despite itself. Because I expect it to have terrible characters and a terrible story. And all I want to be able to do is climb on things. The only Assassin's Creed game that I thought was really bad was 3. Not so much because of all its flaws and all its bugs, but because you can't climb in colonial America. Yeah, there's not Like, there. there's no buildings to speak of. You need it to be in densely populated cities. Yeah, which Jimmy was, I think it was Jimmy last night actually kind of defending that because he liked the old open world, like, kind of exploring, running around the world, but, yeah. That know. was cool and all, but that's not what Assassin's Creed is. That the terrible thing is, regardless of how terrible victory is, I'm if all I need need to do is find out they can climb to the same uh, top of St. Paul's Cathedral and that'll just yeah. trick me into... Because there's a in Pan that was always going to be a thing and I'm like, man, if I climb to St. Paul's Cathedral I'll totally be that cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the other thing that kind of turns me off is like, you know they're going to have some kind of stupid Jack the Ripper bullshit in there. I'm like, oh, man, absolutely. do I have to like want to go like, fuck Jack the Ripper that's stupid bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Um, Metal Slug 3 is coming to all PlayStation platforms next yeah. year. Yeah! That'll be fun. I'm really excited about this just because, um, that's a couch co-op game. I'm sure there's not yeah. going to be online, any baked-in online multiplayer. But the PlayStation 4 gives a shit because you got that share play. Annie, yeah. uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to buy you this game. And I'm going to, this is going to be my Minecraft like it was last generation where I was like, Annie, I'm going to make you play Minecraft with me for five minutes. I'm going to make you play Metal no. Slug 3 with me for two seconds. When when I first came to visit Portland, don't you remember that you, me, Stephen Heights oh, yeah. played Metal Slug with like all the windows? Like we put a blanket that was up the day, over the window. Yeah, Dylan and kicked us the out of the house and made us go to Mount St. Helens. Exactly. And we were playing Metal Slug, yeah. So exactly. Metal Slug 3 is the best Metal Slug, too. That's the one yeah. with the, I think that's the one with the barfing zombies yep. and all the aliens and shit like that, yeah. Oh, good times. Uh, Nintendo's Amiibo figures have only been out for three weeks, but Nintendo has already discontinued three figures. 
Marth, we fit trainer and a, and AC villager. Yeah. But from it there, I was like, Assassin's Creed villager. That's weird. Yeah, no, it's animal just crossing. like someone in a hay cart. Just kind of help me, help me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's the Animal Crossing Villager. It's so weird, because they announced that, yeah, there was a single-run printing, and uh, people pointed out that, like, when Nintendo first announced the Amiibos, like, some, they said in some Amiibos would be a shorter supply than others, but it's weird to come out and say, oh, yeah, um, that, that shit that's sold out, that's all we're ever gonna make, it's already sold out, good luck. Which, Aww. I'm super glad I got my little, yeah. like, little Animal Crossing figure. Uh, it's, uh, like, people point out, these figures have not been necessarily, like, unpopular. It's just Nintendo, for future ways of these Amiibos, it's just their way of kind of forcing people to jump on the figure sooner than later. Because if they don't know which yeah. figures are, are going to be out of print soon, that just yeah. justifies people trying to buy everything all at once to make sure they yeah. have complete collections, which is kind of bullshit, but... Well, it's also the nature of manufacturing. It's like you can't afford to redo everything every time. Yeah, but more than one print run, or at least you could tell people beforehand, like, okay, these are the ones we're only going to be doing one print run of, so if you want to go for it, you better go for it fast. And not wait until they're already sold out and go, oh, that's the reason why we're not sending out anymore is that we're just not making anymore. That's kind of like, ugh. Especially before Christmas. And these figures are only three weeks old. It's not like they even had a full that is month. Interesting. Yeah, that and is so if you have a kid who wants the Animal Crossing Villager, you're kind of shit out of luck right Too now. Too bad. Man, life poor, is hard. Poor baby Timmy is going to be so upset that I can't get him the Wii Fit trainer. Yeah, well, it is He's a sexy lady in tight yoga pants. Come on. The new Bond film will be called Spectacular? Yeah, Annie... Say it. Do it. Bill notes, Annie had to say this in your most gay panic voice. I refuse. Fully, you do it. Spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. It's, you're gonna. It's gonna be called spectacular. Really? Yeah. You know, or is that this? just a code 007. name? 007. Spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. It's gonna make really? for a great Adele no. song. That's gotta be just as a code name. What? Spectacular. Yeah. No, it's called Spectre. Oh. <laughs> You know what? Bill's jokes are even better when you're swimming through snot in your head. It's even better. No, it's it's S P E C T R E. So it's not even like American Spectre. It's like Spectra. Well, isn't that how you spell it in England? Yeah, but that's also the name of the evil organization he fights in the older James Bond movies. So I guess it's supposed to be, um, it's it's Inglorious Bastards as Ernest Blofeld, which is the villain, like the big villain he fought in all the old movies. Okay. Well, who's the he's the Ernest Blofeld is essentially what who's the bad guy in the Austin Powers movies? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what that character is essentially. He's a bald guy with a cat and like the yeah, gray suits. So that's who Christoph Waltz is essentially supposed to be playing in the next Bond movie. Okay. Yeah. And the Bond girls. So it's going to be also What's Your Face from Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys see? What's that? Blonde? Yeah, uh, the blonde. Yeah, the blonde sister from that. You know, she doesn't really say much, but she's the blonde sister. And she was also in Warm Blue is the Warmest Color. Yes. Okay, her. It's going to be her and Monica Bellucci. Oh. Well. So how yeah, you doing? How you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah she's. Uh, I like. I like the. I did a search for um, a Bond girl. And you got Daniel Craig's triple chin. That's a terrible picture of Daniel Craig. But I like the headline oh, no. is James Bond finally falls for a woman his own age. What oh Monica Bellucci? She is yeah. gorgeous. She's a pretty lady. Oh yeah, no, she's. Mm. She yeah. They they know that um, 
the average actor age of the actors playing James Bond is 43.5. That's 14 years older than the average age of 28.8 for all the women. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. But they're bringing back What's-Her-Face, Money, M- M- Money Penny's coming back, which I love mm-hmm. that actress. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Grand Budapest Hotel as M, all that mm. kind of stuff. And, you know, so. She is, she is. What, Monica Bellucci? She is. I want to see what photos you're looking at because I like Monica. No, I, any oh Bill, any photo of this woman. I know, yeah, she's gorgeous. Foley's just thinking generally about Monica. She Malucci. is one of the vampire brides in Bram Stoker's Dracula. That was one of the she first. She is also totally awesomely naked, and her boobs turn into a mountain range in oh, Brotherhood that's right. of the Wolf. Yeah, I forgot about um, that. But she's she's amazing in everything she's ever. She's been also in. fun. She's, she's also she's just some... a fun actress to watch too. It's not just she because is, you yeah. know, she's, she's super done hot, some. But... She just she has screen control. And she's really, really, really good. How, and, uh, has she not been a Bond girl? Huh? I'm so, has she not been a Bond girl before? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's kind of a shocker. No. Because she seems to be like, she'd make a great I mean, she like... would be perfect for it, but, I, you know, I mean... Man. I'm just excited that Sam Mendes is still directing yeah. it. I really like Sam Mendes as a filmmaker, so... Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what's As long on. as they don't fuck up, man, because that still bugs me about Skyfall, the way they got rid of the Bond girl in that movie. That was fucked up. The lady gets shot, and they, and like Bond makes a joke about it because she like the bad guy kind of like makes puts a whiskey bottle on her head and shoots it off. But then oh, it's terrible. Yeah, and like it's just like that was bullshit. That was the stupidest part of that movie. I like yeah. Skyfall, but that was bullshit. Oh yeah. Also CGI really iguanas. That was kind of stupid, but. <laughs> Um, in other news, here's a sentence that I don't think I could care less about if I try. Ready? Ready? Say it with enti- like intense apathy. No, I'm too sick for that. Yeah, get, get your Ready? Aubrey Plaza on. <sighs> Benedict Cumberbatch is Dr. Strong. Strange. Strange. Bill you- put Strong. God damn it, Bill. No, did you see they're reinventing the character and he's got to have a big muscle suit? <laughs> You're an asshole. No, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> is Dr. Strange. Yeah, so he get he gets to do wizard hands for the next ten years for a billion dollars. I can't help but every time I think of Doctor Strange, I just think of that character from Venture Brothers. Yeah, and I wish they kind of just did the adv- animated adventures of Doctor Strange with that Orpheus. same character, Dr. the Orpheus. same actor. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. if 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 Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't have a very sullen golf goth daughter, I'm gonna be super disappointed. <laughs> But Fucking yeah, so there, yeah. Is a, there is a really good opportunity for some terrible screenwriter to make a Sherlock joke. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, someone did point that out because yeah. we're both Sherlocks in the yeah, same both, universe. Both Sherlocks. Yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, I just I find him. I just find him bland. He's not our type of boy, generally speaking. He's not he bad. Does, I do like him, but he's not. Yeah, he's, he's a fine of, actor, but I don't actually find him a, interesting. He's got a Michael York kitty cat face <laughs> kind of situation <laughs> happening. And he's it's just, just kind of an cold ice king kind of. Yeah. Yeah, not like the good ice king, but like no. Man. Oh, I did watch more Adventure Time, too. Uh, Jake and Finn were on a train, and there was lots of fighting, and uh, oh, Jake's you're... voice is changing, which kind of freaked wow. me out. You're like, that's like two seasons ago of Adventure Time. Oh, really? Time. So what, Jake, yeah. does Jake now sound like Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, there know. is an episode where you get to see super future Jake. Oh, really? So. Oh. Or not Jake, Finn. Finn. But, no, I was gonna say, yeah, 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 Jake always sounds like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Between Annie being sick and Bill not giving a shit about people's names or faces, this is gonna be a really confusing <laughs> so, episode. So the podcast. Um, there is a new Terminator trailer that Annie did not watch. Oh, good. Oh, so we really don't have to talk about it. Um, okay. 
Yeah, it's it looks like it's trying to reboot the first movie. Mm. So what happens is so it, they show um they're fully do you do you know much about you know you know all yeah. about the Terminator movie, yeah. right? So the, this trailer shows it's um, John Connor in the future sending back Kyle Reese to go back in time to save Sarah Connor. It's essentially what you know you see in the first right. movie. And so Kyle Reese, it almost seems to be a reenactment of the first movie where Kyle Reese goes back in time, he gets his clothes, he goes to save Sarah Connor, who is now uh-huh. played by Game of Thrones. And wait, but wait, now, wait. which Game of Thrones? Uh, uh, Dragon Lady. Oh, 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 Daenerys, Daenerys. Yeah, Daenerys, yeah. Okay, she got an American right. accent, too. Which people pointed out, actually, Cersei Lannister actually played Sarah Connor in that Terminator TV show from, yeah, like, five did. years ago. Yeah. So Game yeah, of Thrones so all just... over the place. And so Game now, sounds... all the Terminators are played by, um, it's just Peter Dinklage and what's-his-face. Uh, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, now, which is weird, <laughs> yeah. too. It's just, they, they, well, Game of Thrones guys were on the break, so they said, hey, guys, you just want to reenact Terminator for a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, and so, anyway, Terminator we'll shows up. We'll meet up at Joss Whedon's house, and we'll, yeah, we'll, I know, we'll exactly. do it in black and white. But Terminator shows up, and so when, when Kyle Reese goes to fight the Terminator, mm-hmm. suddenly old Terminator shows up, played by old... Ash- Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they blow away the Terminator, and suddenly it's like a retelling of the first movie where suddenly, like, the whole story starts to change, and suddenly now Sarah Connor's a super badass, even though it's, like, supposed to be her super young self in the 80s, and just whole kind of crazy yeah. shit. So it's kind of like a reimagining of the first movie, except now it's what? Daenerys Stormborn, and just, like, <sighs> it's just... Ben, yeah. I mean, okay, I will give you, I will give you that the first Terminator movie... Is rough to watch. I it's still my favorite. Just indicative. It's a great movie, but just indicative of it being made at the time that it was made. Yeah, it's a little. It can be a little rough to watch for modern audiences. But I would still never touch it. Yeah, they're going back and pretty much changing the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, did they not learn that that was a bad idea with uh, RoboCop and Total Recall and I mean all that crap? And well, it's funny because the Terminator that's being sent back to kill Sarah Connor in this essentially remake of the first movie is now the the same kind of Terminator from Terminator Two. It's the liquid metal Terminator, so they're kind of mixing both movies. Yeah, I don't like that. And but also Doctor Who's supposed to show up, but he wasn't in the trailer. But he's supposed to be playing which Doctor Who. Uh, the doctor, the Amy Pond doctor. Oh, Matt Smith. So he's supposed to be playing, be playing a super secret character, super pivotal to the movie, but they don't show him in the trailer. So I don't know if he's playing like a Terminator or like some human from the future who also comes back. He's to help actually Kyle. Sarah Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got the hair for it. Yeah, uh, super. Um, well, he's got like that that ropey, awesome muscle. No, they so finally okay. they read my fan fiction. He's Doctor Who. <laughs> At this rate, because you got Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, might as well just hit. Yeah, exactly. He kind of shows up. That's how he resets the timeline at the end of the movie. I was going to say, who understands time travel and fighting robots more than Doctor Who? Uh, But yeah, it's kind of cool to see a Daenerys in an English accent with a gun shooting people, though. Or with an American accent. I don't know. I don't know. She got a paycheck. I'm glad. I like her. She's cool. She she can keep the lights on. Did you see that someone recreated Daenerys, uh, the Game of Thrones Daenerys, in a. Dragon in the Inquis- Inqu- Inquisition, it was a yeah. damn good version too. It was like amazing. Oh, no, I have to find this yeah. for you. Are we all in agreement that uh, we like that lady? She's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make I'm sure. A, I'm. I'm more. I'm. I'm honestly more into uh, Natalie Dormer. I think. Oh yeah. No, Natalie Dormer's. She's her own breed of human being at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's not even comparable. What? Shameless. That is- 
Yeah. That shit. Yeah. Good. Isn't that amazing? Oh, and she's a mage. Of course, oh, she's a mage. Mage. With her oh wait, no, staff. and she's a a, a rogue. Yeah, because the person included how to do it. Oh my god. So you can do but it. That, that someone needs to create Natalie Dormer for for uh, Dragon yes. Age. That's oh, what you want to play they as. They even have like the side cut. Thing. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, make her like some kind of badass like dual knife wielding rogue or something. All right, I gotta I gotta try that. Fully oh, they, they make now. somebody made um somebody made Jamie. Scroll down. Oh really? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, might have been through the thing. He was in there. He was in there. Anyway, so yeah, yeah no, anyway, the character, yeah, yeah, yeah. man, the Why character you creation. Pick a dwarf if you could make a decent like uh, Peter Dinklage, actually, that'd be probably. Probably, well, I mean, especially with like the scar thing. I'm sure his, someone's tried. All yeah, chopped up. that's you know. Yeah. Oh bless. Anyway, oh, good anyway. job. Uh, this coming from the this 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 excitement coming from a person who used to make every character look like Zoe Bell. This is true. <laughs> you made me <laughs> stop. So I made fully stop. Um, Hank is just a generic canary hunk. He's beautiful. Um, Robert Orkey won't be, is that how you say his name? Bill, yeah. I say it wrong? Uh, won't be directing Star Trek 3 after all. Sounds like the studio is instead courting Joe, Attack the Block Cornish, and Edgar Wright. Mm. Wright would be a great choice, especially if they did a story with Nick Frost as Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd's this big <laughs> fat guy who built sex robots. Yeah, no, 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 that would be fantastic. Nick yeah. Frost would be amazing as Mud. Yeah, and Harry Mud, but he's kind of like this kind of foppish guy with this big walrus mustache, and he's kind of like, right. he's a comic character. Right, but yeah. Nick Frost would be amazing, and Edgar Wright would be amazing for that type of story. Yeah. yeah. And well, people because... pointed out, if they give it to Joe Cornish, that'd be great if you have Star Trek now in charge of, you know, being like the guy who made Attack the Block in charge of Star Trek, with the guy who starred... In Attack the Block, yeah. being the the lead in the Star new Star Wars, Wars. Yeah, yeah, so that's that yeah. would be kind of funny if it worked That's out that good. way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this Robert Orkey guy, um, he was when J.J. Abrams was working on Star Trek back when he cared about Star Trek. Uh, this Robert Orkey guy was the one person on his staff who was actually a really hardcore Trekker, a Trekkie mm-hmm. guy. And so when J.J. Abrams left to go work on Star Wars, this Robert Orkey guy was really petitioning to, like, get that thing because he was like, I love Star Trek. Uh, I, I, like, you know, I'm, like, and also, like, I'm the guy for this role. And so he petitioned for a year to get this uh, job, and he only had the job for three months before he got shit-canned, and no one knows why. Supposedly the script he wrote was supposedly terrible. Uh, yeah. And uh, also this Robert Orkey guy is a super 9-11 truther, uh... and supposedly he tries to squeeze a lot of that into his work. And so he may have just kind of manipulated himself out of a job by being a fucking right. crazy pants. Uh, yeah, so. What are you guys looking at? You guys are both staring I'm, at the screen like Jaws I'm agape. totally distracted by this next piece of news because this is the first time I have heard oh, of this. Oh, we gotta look this up. Yeah, okay, Annie. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm Dill sorry. notes here. Disney's new live-action Robin Hood franchise. Uh-huh. So, uh, there had been an announcement, I think Sony was going to do, there was, like, another script that was, like, came out that was, like, kind of a heist caper, kind of an Ocean's Eleven sort of thing with Robin Hood and the Merry Men, which abstractly is a pitch I'm not against. Mm -hmm. Um, But this must be different. Okay, so, according to IGN, they're looking at, um... Um, they're looking at Tom Hardy and Zoe Bell for the stars. Go fuck yourself, Bill Hundred. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no. Uh, the studio has acquired an original spec script from newcomer screenwriter uh, writer Brandon Barker titled Nottingham and Hood, which is a terrible title. Yeah. Uh, Barker's take is likened to Disney's Pirates Caribbean, and the outlet suggests the early plans are similarly to spin the future into a multi-film franchise. So, like, 
how do you? I mean, which is funny because uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, was essentially them trying to make in, uh, Robin Hood as Indiana Jones back, you know, back like twenty years okay. ago. Yeah. So, but like, how do you make a, like a franchise out of Robin Hood? Well, see, the thing is, is that Robin Hood, by its nature, is pretty like a logical thing for. Um, it's such an episodic sort of story. Yeah, but like, you you could make it like could, I feel like you could make it into a trilogy. You could. I'm just wondering if they're gonna try to like make like okay, here's the Will Scarlet movie. Like if they're gonna try to do like a Marvel connected universe or something. I like think that. that was the plan for this the other one. Yeah. Like the other. The oh, that's right. Because I forgot someone else was talking about they're trying to do. A... Well, that's what I was literally just uh, said was that there's another like Ocean's Eleven sort of. And I just hope around. whoever's making this live action pan movie that's coming out next year, he, <laughs> he just to piss off both of us, <laughs> so we can both go to his house and they beat the shit out of him. It's He'll what's his the... butt who did uh, did uh, atonement shit. Is that good? Joe White is that Joe, his name? I think it's Joe Wright. Yeah, Joe Wright. Um, yeah. Which is funny because we started talking. Everyone last night started yelling at me for not going back to finish Pan. Now and now I'm actually kind of thinking about it because everyone really got on my good. ass about that last good. night. Everyone should. Yeah, and uh, crawl right up there and just Bill finish it. Just do it. Yeah, I got to get my copyright back. <laughs> but um, what the, oh, I had man. a point to that. I don't know why I just brought that up, but you said you can't. How could it be a franchise? I know. Uh, I forgot what. I was gonna say but yeah this, is more, this say, is more your thing annie than mine i should let you talk jesus christ no i'll just say this if i get one more fucking origin story i will mm. choke you need is you know there, what has there you, been a good cinematic robin hood origin no. story uh, well i my favorite robin hood is actually the live action disney robin hood with um uh richard todd the black and white thing right no, it's color. Oh, oh is it color? color? Okay. He's beautiful. He, I, I, I just, it's not that it's really, like, blast your pants off great. I just think that it's the most across-the-board competent and fun. Like, Robin is, he, he plays the right kind of Robin. You've got an, a good enough cast for everybody else. It's, like, fun and, and goofy, but still has a good heart. So that's my favorite Robin Hood. Um, doesn't star one of the wrong Hepburns. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Robin and Marion would be my favorite Robin Hood because it is essentially the Robin Hood story that... What's funny is that when I was a little girl and I had a Disney's Robin Hood fan site, I started... I came up with the idea for the sequel about Robin Hood, where I was like, "Well, I became obsessed with the idea of well, what happens when you're old, when you're on the other side? Once you've been pardoned, how do you live with like hobnobbing with all the lords that you were yeah, just fucking yeah. with not that long ago? How do you really go legit? And also, how do you deal with people who are treating you the way that Robin treated nobles? And um, basically, like, what's the end game of that? Yeah. And that was before I found out that the actual legends." Uh, a lot of the old school stories end with Robin's death and with Robin going back and trying to be Robin Hood again but you can't really because that's a young man's game and so Robin and Marion would be my favorite Robin Hood movie even though I would argue that it's not a Robin Hood movie in the sense that most people would want it to be. Yeah exactly yeah. Um, but uh, except for Audrey Hepburn unfortunately is just not great in it. It's not her fault I think she's just not. No I she's think just she's just the wrong Hepburn. The wrong Hepburn Audrey issue. Hepburn's not very good. She was... She's not bad. It's just she's not angry enough. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't. The whole point of that, Marion, is she needs to be pretty much incandescent with anger. That is a good point. That is the wrong Hepburn. That, that's and, the yeah, way to put it. Yeah, Catherine. the same guy who wrote Robin and Marion. Also, it's um, it's uh, William Goodman's brother who also wrote Lion in Winter, starring Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. 
And he Ooh. was like, hmm, I've got the right Mary in here. <laughs> no, I think, I think, She's yeah, amazing. Anyway. It's, uh, it's, uh, and that whole thing is the whole point of that is she's she's lit by her rage, so it's just interesting. But yeah. uh, anyway, next? Uh, I did not know about this. Not something new to be sad about, preemptively sad about. Nottingham so. and Hood. That just sounds Nottingham fucking terrible. Well, no. Huh? The thing is, is that you could totally play on people what people associate Nottingham and Sherwood with is Robin Hood. So you can riff on that. I think, in fact, the. The movie that eventually became Ridley Scott's Robin Hood, when it was originally a murder mystery set kind of post Robin Hood's height, I think it was just called Nottingham. Do you think, you know what, uh, I think there's probably a 50-50 chance that this is probably going to be a modern day retelling too. They might go the elementary route and I don't know. There are a couple of modern day things floating around, but there haven't really been, there has yet to be... I guess you could say this is an argument for why you should do it. There's yet to be a successful modern day Robin Hood that's explicitly Robin Hood, you know, where it's like you have Robin, but modern day. Like there are all sorts of Robin Hood like stories, but the, yeah. no one's done that and made any money doing it. So I don't know. I, I feel like with the with right now everything, everyone is so hungry for brands you can exploit and build franchises out of. I don't see them doing anything but some sort of dumb. I can shit just guarantee that somebody in somewhere in the world right now is saying, "What if Banksy was Robin Hood, or what if Robin <laughs> Hood was Banksy?" Like that's uh, that's yeah, someone's take on it right now. There was a sci-fi Robin Hood floating around. Oh yeah, I think it died finally. Did he anyway. shoot magic arrows? Laser arrows. Did you guys see Guardians of the Galaxy? I did see Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, because that guy's got a magic arrow. He does. The blue dude. Rooker. Yeah. Oh, yes. He was my favorite. The only part of the movie I liked, really, was that guy. You didn't like Zoe Saldana being green and not doing anything, and then being blue and not doing anything, and then, yeah. Um, uh, that, well, Bill, thank you for letting me know about this thing I'm gonna be sad about. Okay. Um, J.K. Rowling is releasing 12 Harry Potter short Yay! stories this month. Yeah, just, she just says as a Christmas gift to fans that is totally no way trying to save Pottermore by driving traffic to that dying site. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, I think one of the stories is supposed to be Draco Malfoy, and it's supposed to be, like, more about old Harry Potter, and, yeah. All I want is wave after wave of Hermione dealing with bad decisions that middle-aged Ron Weasley is making. Ron Weasley with a pot belly and a bald spot. How old he's are those man- kids supposed to be now? Wait, wait, wait. He's like a ma- he's a manager of his brother's shop, but he's not a very good one. He only has a job because of his brother collect- connection. He's got like a beer belly and like the scraggly. Assuming any of those stories take place now. Uh, shouldn't we be getting close to when the, when the when the epitaph or whatever the, the the final chapter of that last Harry book is supposed to actually take place? Isn't isn't that like twenty nineteen or something? I am a poor Potter fan and I don't remember. Oh, you son of a bitch! Andy, what do you I think know. about Santa Claus the movie? I have never seen Santa Claus the movie. I might make you watch Santa Claus the movie. I'm just saying Christmas is coming up soon. I'm excited because a friend of mine is. Uh, uh, involved in operations at the Hollywood Theater here in town, yeah. and last year for Christmas they had a bunch of people over and watched um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas yeah. and uh, Christmas Vacation, and uh, they they just sent an email asking if we'd be interested in coming again, and then we were able to vote on whatever movie we wanted to come see on Christmas Eve this year, and the options included Die Hard and A Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I kind of wish we could just watch both of those because what a double feature. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, technically, Brazil is a Christmas movie. 
That's um, true. I'm trying to think what else. Like, As we've discussed early in the podcast, my favorite Christmas movies are Desk Set and uh, Leave Me in St. Louis. It's so. a Wonderful Life was on uh, NBC for the last time last night. For the, f- the last time? Or for the first time this season. I'm sure it's going to be on five more times, uh, but I yeah. almost wanted to stop my birthday party last night so we could watch It's a Wonderful Life, and I realized that's terrible, horrible punishment for people. That's that. not nice. <laughs> that's a good movie, though. It's fantastic. It's a Wonderful Life. It's great. It's no little yeah. women, but what are you going to do? Yeah, um, also, the, technically, we do have one last bit of a Geek Week news and review, uh, thanks to uh, Steve Lieber, uh, director of that Underworld that? movie. No, wait, not Underworld. What was the Ice movie? Whiteout. Whiteout. He wrote and directed Whiteout. Well, wait, no, what? <laughs> what? Or he illustrated the excellent Whiteout comic. Well, let's put it this way. Whiteout, that Whiteout movie paid for his house, so he doesn't care <laughs> anyway. about it. Uh, anyway. He just, he just tweeted that nine... 19 people have been hospitalized and thousands evacuated in a gas leak at a furry convention <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, there was a chlorine... It seems to be an intentional intentional chlorine gas leak at 3.30 a.m. at this Rosemont Hotel in Chicago at this furry convention. Oh, my oh God. poor Which, furries! Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I mean, I do feel bad, bad people got hospitalized, but, yeah, no, that sucks. That's, 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 yeah. Especially if it was intentional, but, yeah. Oh. I'm usually one of the first people to make fun of furries, but that's fucked up. As, as someone who spent her entire formative years on the internet uh, in, in the Redwall and Disney's Robin Hood communities, my heart goes out to you, poor Did you, I think somebody on Twitter was pointing out how, I think they were at a bookstore and they saw that someone had republished all the Redwall bo- books with covers that kind of, like, make them look like Game of Thrones or, like, Hunger Games. <laughs> like, this weird, like, searing molten metal, like, logo with, like, really vicious kind of looking animals. Oh, wow. And it just looked like, what the hell? It's not That's... what those books are at all. No, but to be fair, there have been a lot of really different Redwall covers over the years. Oh, yeah, but still. It cracks me up. So there's a listener named uh, uh, Sid, my daughter Sid, my internet daughter Sid, who uh, whose familiar- first familiarity with Redwall was the Redwall TV show. Oh, no. Which is just hilarious to me because when I was in uh, Redwall fandom, there was some small amount of uh, uh, sass about Actually, we do have actually. This is one last bit of Geek Week news and review. This this actually does sound about fucked up, which is funny. I'll make fun of like six, 19 people being hospitalized at a furry convention, but this is actually serious. Uh, according to Twitter, um, Ralph Bear passed away last last night at the age of 92. Ralph Bear he invented something called video games that I hear some people enjoy. Uh, Ralph Bear was the inventor of the first home console video game system. Uh, according to a close personal friend of his, it sounds like he may have passed last night. Aww. He was 92. So he had a good run. Yeah, it's not like he, he he got hit by a car when he was 14 and never did anything with his life. He was uh, he was old and cranky, and he always got... And in interviews with him, I've seen in the last couple of years, he'd just be like... You kids in your video games. This is not what I meant for video games. To... So he was a cranky ass pants motherfucker. Everyone was scared of him. <laughs> so yeah, um, he was ninety two. It's not like this is shocking news, but if that's true, that sucks. But yeah, Ralph Bear. Yeah, that's that's Aww. fuck, man. Yeah, oh, even on actually dude. on Wikipedia. Now it's not that Wikipedia is always the uh, always correct with his information, but yeah, he is now listed as having died just last night. So. Uh, yeah, he was 
he he invented what was called the brown box console video game system that uh yeah he was oh man that's anyway everyone's going to be hearing all about this for the course of the next week i'm sure hmm. this is going to be front page news on kotaku and polygon it's and stuff interesting like that, but... because you think of video games as being such a young like a young feel for the most part yeah but then you have things like him passing and then also uh roberta williams mentioned during the game awards that she's been out of the industry for 17 years that's bonkers yeah no you know? video games is a little bit of history uh, according yeah. to Wikipedia, he invented that brown box console in 1966, so it's almost been 50 years. <coughs> yeah. Con- like con- hmm. Home console video games are almost 50 years old now. Yeah, wow. So. Oh, video it's games. It's a relatively young thing, but yeah, no, that's... So, R.I.P., rest in peace, Ralph Bear. Thanks for being Cranky Pants. Thanks for, thanks for giving us Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> thanks, Ralph. We can't, thanks for the industry. We, we feel sad the industry kind of biffed your creation there at the end, but, you know... Hey, at least we got Gone Home. At least we got Smash Brothers. At least, um... Guilty Gear. We have M- Mr. Mosquito. You can play as a mosquito. That's nice. That's good. That's real. That's groundbreaking. Oh, oh now they're reporting he was actually killed by Snape. <laughs> Stop it! And hey, everybody. I'm g- this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm going to go lay down for a little while. We're boyhattiepodcast.com. At Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. Howdy at BoyHowdyPodcast.com. You can email us and explain to me what the legend of the fall was. And also tell Bill that Snape is actually not a murderer, per se. No, what happened? He faked his death because Kojima was watching in the shadows. And then Snape comes out and pretends to kill Ralph Bear. But then Kojima's like in his little Harry Potter glasses and goes, No! And then there's a funeral with Mario and Sonic. (laughs) There's a white slap. Mario and Sonic are wearing their former clothes. Dude's body's not even cold yet. Hey, everybody. This is our terrible garbage podcast. How dare you listen to it? We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. It's been fun. Merry Christmas.